Yeah, I live. Yeah. I ain't going all the way. Hello. Oh. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. How are you hey. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. Where are you guys from in this part of the world? In this part of the world. We are currently in Carshalton, which is part okay. of the London Borough of Sutton, which right. is south, just inside South London. Sort of between Epsom and Croydon is what I normally say to people because someone's normally heard of one of them. Right. Okay. I was in Surrey earlier today. Well, you we were, are Surrey. And, and, and I thought of you guys. Oh, you were you were meeting reason. with my roommate, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't call him Chad because that seemed like a name I shouldn't really call him. So that's he's jo he's called John Chaddock, but we all call him Chad. But yeah, this makes more sense as to why he's called Chad. Yeah, he's he's my roommate, but he you met you and Matt, I believe, met at his house in Redhill, his parents' house, to uh, to test his game that he's working on. Yes, something like that. I didn't actually yeah. know his name was John for about three years. Just thought he was Chad. Didn't know yet. That's name right. When I was introduced, no. yeah, when I was introduced to him for the longest time, I just called him Thunder because that's all anyone called him. <laughs> I'm not going to give him that moniker. <laughs> I'm not happy with that. Oh, you, yeah. So you were down our neck of the woods. We could have we could have done like a, a meet. We could have done live. We could have kicked it old school. One day we'll have you in live. We could have, but then he'd have been driving home at like late o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. Fair play. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, Matt would be driving for the most part, so I'm just mostly asleep. But um, that's not here nor there. Uh, but um, one, one day it'd be great to do it live because we ain't that far from you. We can meet up halfway in some den of weirdness. Some flea pit. We could do it properly. <laughs> or, or, or we could try and do it live at Steamcon. How about that? Yes. Well, I would love to do that. That'd be good. We'll do that. Well, King. I mean, maybe you could let us know when that might be. <laughs> oh, don't be those guys. <laughs> that, to be fair, that was by just being a deliberately a dick. It's fine. We're, I can't wait, to be honest. John can have a pick. And I'm glad it yeah. waited. So it'll all be right and good. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. And driving over shit. What? <laughs> um, Enough, Jonathan. <laughs> so, FCD players. Yeah. Are we recording or are we just going to just... Uh, we're just going to lead into this, and that was the intro, because I quite like it. Um, <laughs> literally just suddenly click on the episode, and it's like, have I missed the intro? We're just going. We, we could just, we can do that. We Whichever works for you guys, to be honest. Let's do it. We traditionally do our hobby intro, which I actually really wanted to do, because I saw your uh, Rafe Marid. Well then, gentlemen, let's oil up and get fucking and start with you. <laughs> Show him what have you been up to this with your show, your hobbying. Well, this week, my friend, I have mostly <laughs> been painting godtier models. Um, <laughs> I saw Matt was painting himself some godtier models. I got super, super jealous and suddenly remembered I have all of these things. Why am I not painting them? That's <laughs> a great point. question I asked myself. So I started painting, and apparently, I've made you know Wraith Marid's sire change. Now he's Wraith Ifrit. I made a blue Snowgosh. Uh, and I'm now looking and deciding whether I should paint Rodri or whether I should paint Shale next. Goodness wow. gracious. Nah, you've cracked into it. you got got through a good amount of God Tier. Gotta say, we are really looking forward to God Tier. Agreed. Mm. It's super, super cool. I've literally just finished writing an update for the campaign stuff, which is full of lore stuff. Ooh. So if you're one of those guys who likes reading lore stuff, you'll quite like this. And if you're one of those guys who wants to play games and doesn't really care about stuff because they don't know how to read, then you'd probably skip that. <laughs> so, John, um, you can stay out of this bit. 
I was going to say I liked his model, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool too. Where have But no, really, you know, mate, I, you really did a good job on that. Because I've seen lots of your painting. I really like your style, but that was particularly lovely. Yeah. Uh, which one? Uh, the Rafe Marie. Yeah. Oh, okay. That just Dragon jumped Boy. out at me as I really liked that. Because yeah. it's such a good model. The models that I've got on the painting table at the moment is the Black Jaw and Wraith Marid that I'd started. And oh, the, I could and play Black Jaw. Yeah. Sorry, you're just interrupting me there. I could start playing Black Jaw. That's another one I hadn't thought of. You guys could choose. If you want to make it a poll, you could do it that way, or you guys could just choose now. What okay. champion does Sherman pick next? Okay. That's yep. a tough one. I See, my personal favourite champion at the moment is Half Tusk with the Froglodytes. Yeah. Okay, but I'm talking about the six early access. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's Black okay. Jaw then, isn't it? With me, that's my vote. Black Jaw, straight up. Okay, Black Jaw. I want I to see what you do. I yeah. think I'd say Black Jaw as well. Yeah. He's a big orc with a massive axe. I've got time for that. Yeah. Who doesn't? Like shale. <laughs> Don't like Shale. Don't like Shale, but it's fine. We voted Black yeah. Jaw. <laughs> okay, Black Jaw is. Uh, hey. I'll put him together and I'll start painting him and we'll see who we get to. We nice. did a thing. <laughs> he probably won't be green. I'm just giving you a heads up. Oh, twist. <laughs> Well, it's not like, yeah, Wraith the Frit doesn't look like he probably should be blue. So, um, and I'm pretty sure Rangosh doesn't come from snow places. But uh, yeah, there we are. Sure. The, yeah. I'm, I'm having some fun with this, guys. I, I'm, I'm sort of painting around the idea that, obviously, as champions grow to... I'm trying to drop spoilers, and I'm probably going to... So, as champions do. grow to adopt different, different aspects, then they would naturally have some changes that change them to be closer to what the you know, the gods that they are absorbing the roles of. Okay. So yeah. an idea that you know perhaps you might have Rangosh, Lord of Death, for example, would actually look take on a much more pale hue and would look a bit more deathly. Or alternatively, you know, if you kind of had um, Rafe Marid, who kind of was absorbing more of an idea of a god of war kind of role, then perhaps he would look more warlike, would look a little bit more uh, flushed with you know with uh, ready kind of hues, that sort of stuff. I mean. I like yeah. that. After our test game at um, SteamCon, we said we were going to play it. We didn't, but I really want to. Yeah, every time we talk to Steve Margotson about it, we're just like, oh, so hyped. He's so passionate about it, and it's infectious. Yeah. We just really want to play. There's just so many games going on at the moment everywhere that we just... Well, yeah. and, and work, annoyingly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, this has happened. I mean, the crucial point is... is Ultimately, I think the most that anyone should ever say to anybody else, right, is if you are enjoying playing a game, then you should play a whole bunch of it while you enjoy doing it. And if you feel that you're not enjoying a game, or alternatively, you feel like, you know what, I feel like I'm playing this just because, then you should probably stop doing that, take a break away from it, and try something else. Yeah. If you guys are already excited about the potential of playing God that's a super good thing. Um, yeah, but don't at the same time, if you're enjoying playing whatever else it is that you're doing, perhaps it's something that you can circle back to. Well, I think yeah. we sort of wait until... Uh, see, we did the early access and we were bad nerds and didn't feed back and didn't do it properly. So now I've kind of said, right, I'm just waiting for the Kickstarter and then I'm going to hit it hard. Mm -hmm. That's fair enough. Yeah, fair I'm, I'm waiting. Were you Kickstarter backers? Yeah, yeah okay, we all were. All in. Okay, so that's all good. It's great to hear. But it's also something where you guys will get access to some of the campaign stuff earlier than everybody else, which is Ooh. nice. Well, I must say, I'm looking forward to that campaign stuff. That's the the cheeky little bit that's really I'm excited about. Mm. It's good. It's really, really cool. I've, every, every bit, obviously, I've worked on lots of different bits and pieces, but um, 
the campaign stuff is what makes me really excited, right? Because that's a much more uniquely kind of law perspective or more focused thing. Yeah. There's all sorts of interesting stuff we're doing with that. I won't go too into that too much. One, because you're a Guildhall podcast. And two, <laughs> because um, it's more so much something where I don't really want to ruin the fact that there's an article coming out in about two weeks which will tell you everything about this. Oh, that's so, exciting. Well, no, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the idea of a sort of com- combination narrative competitive scene it's it's a really really interesting because i'm i'm more and more realizing i really enjoy a competitive game but i'm still a fluff monkey at heart so i do i do really like the idea of combining those two it's it's very appealing um yeah and i think well i mean don't worry too much about us being a gilbert podcast and talking about other things we've been accused of being a gw podcast and corpus belly because we talk about aristea and infinity now and then so we you know we end up talking about everything that's yeah. fair enough. Um, I mean, what I think it's interesting because I feel like with God Tier, we're going to have, I think once the game lands and once we actually have people playing campaigns and stuff, I, I in my head, I kind of have this image that, much like uh, most games tend to do, I, I suspect the gamers will sort of naturally gravitate towards competitive or casual, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see where we land. I mean, it may well be that they hybridize into the middle. And that'd be super cool if we did, if we can get that. And obviously, that, at that stage, it's interesting because we will need to adapt how we put together our campaign packs and the OP kits and everything else to kind of adapt to that. And that's a really interesting frontier to be on. A lot of God, what is really cool about God tier is a lot of stuff is very much. Um, it sounds so conceited to say, but a lot of God tier's design, a lot of what it does, is pushing at the boundaries of what traditionally you go for with a miniatures game if that makes sense oh, okay. it's got it's got lots of ideas in it which are kind of like uh i mean obviously with stuff like you go i go kind of alternate activations is nothing new but taking like a whole different phase for example and having the combination of having a strategic phase where you move all of your army then your opponent moves all your army and then switching over to that again uh, to an alternate activation afterwards Stuff like that feels very much like um, God Tier is sort of stepping forward in sort of new ways. Same with like the uh, the tree that obviously goes up and down in terms of the victory point swing, that sort of stuff. Yeah. There's lots of ideas in God Tier which really push at the boundaries. And the, I think the campaign is a similar sort of thing. Um, so it's it's been a slightly awkward one to work on because we have so many ideas flying, flying around. And it's a case of trying to adapt them to kind of end up in a really strong place that doesn't feel weird for the sake of weird it actually feels like it's quite progressive or it's quite sensible going forward but i think we smashed it because everyone seems to play it seems to love the game so that's encouraging right that's good i'm i'm hyped times two well the these two john and dan played it at SteamCon and they absolutely loved it i haven't actually gotten myself a, a game yet i'm you know i'm mm. basically saving myself waiting for my kickstarter stuff to arrive but i am um yeah i'm i'm really keen for the game <laughs> the more i hear about it the more i the more i read about it the more i think it's going to be a lot of fun mm. awesome well that's really good to hear well, yeah. has anyone else hobbied? I've hobbied. Straight up did some stuff. Well, you don't. Let's find out what you did. I've been working on my hunters, my Steel Jaw Hunters team. Of course. Which are... Um, good captain, that. Oh, brilliant captain. She's my, she's my girl. She's my favourite. She's so much better. I'm not even bothering with... Sorry to say this to you, Sherwood, of all people, but I'm not even bothering with Scatter at the moment. It's okay, yeah. I designed Steel Drill, so it's fine. Oh, okay, that's uh, fine. You, you, you can totally go on that. Oh, okay, I like good. The way, by the way, this has become me interviewing you on your own podcast. This yeah, absolutely. Too. I love it. Yeah. Way to, way to turn the tables, man. Um, <coughs> yeah, no, I've, I've really... I've kind of decided she's probably the captain I love most in the game at the moment, I think. How's that? Which is a big... Th- it feels like a big thing to say, but I Which is why you've gone all in on dinosaurs. I've, yeah, so my, my theme is I'm building a sort of Monster Hunter slash Turok 
dinosaur hunter style mm. hunters team. That's cool. Um, so I've um, I've sort of got some alternate models for my Fahad and my Cena. I'm sorry to say for because uh, I've got a um, I've got a raptor style thing and a uh, a little iguana for Cena and Fahad respectively. So sometimes in like casual games when people don't mind you um, swapping out models, I'm using those guys instead of Cena and Fahad. I'm um, sure people won't mind in a competitive game as well. They didn't. I played a three round tournament recently, and people were fine with it. Um, yeah, but it's, I've, it's very much down to unless you get one of those really strange people who kind of gets upset about it. Yeah, exactly. But I've uh, I've got some little tiny dinosaurs to be trap markers. I've oh. now um, the skull wrapped in chain. Yeah, thing. so I bought a um, I, I bought say, a whole bunch of little is. plastic dinosaur skulls, um, and there was a, I got a T Rex one. Wrapped in jeweler's chain, fixed the chain with a mix of super glue and then PVA, sprayed it, painted it, and now it's just this sort of chained up T Rex skull on a fifty mil base. It looks cool. really sick. Um, I've then done a couple of like little conversions on Chaska and Jcar, and linking it to what we're going to be talking about today. Don't worry, listeners, we'll get to it eventually. Um, I've just put a ridiculous Monster Hunter blade on Edge. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah. yeah. I put, I put made for that stuff to learn that model as well. <laughs> yeah, it's I put such a, good model. a giant sword that's as big as she is over one of her shoulders. It's yeah. uh, I'm really quite pleased with it. Because yeah, uh, you found a little palico to put on the base. Oh, the don't me and Dan and I have been talking about a palico to replace snow with. <laughs> like cause I've, cute. I've replaced fire, so I kind of want to play. Uh, but there's no, I don't think anyone makes a 28 mil scale palico or a 32. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, um, I'm actually going to send you a quick picture of my edge now so you can have a look at it and see what you think. But Sure. That's a euphemism for everyone. Oh, it's, oh, it's normally I have to pay for that sort of service, so this <laughs> is good. But yeah, I've done a load of work. Not as mad as when you don't. What about you guys? I have been sticking Malifaux together. I painted, or started to paint, the top half of a four-drop Bloodthirster. I started painting some Necrons that are meant to look like stone for someone as a project. Okay. And my Limbo, oh, seventy-five mil um, kickstarts came in early because I paid for the express postage. Yeah, and the models are beautiful. So I put together Charlotte and I put together one of the other girls, That's and I can't cool. wait to paint them because they're just phenomenal. That are not use for them, but yeah, they look amazing. <laughs> but that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly interrupt. That is a magnificent edge conversion. <laughs> Thanks, man. That is, that is truly glorious. Yeah, it's it's unpainted, so you can't really see. But the the lower part of the blade is flat, so it's going to be metallic, and the the actual blade and upper part of the blade is bone, so it's and it's all like yeah, it's, got it's a bone um, blade. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's super cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh, his little face. I'm really, oh. I'm really happy. You've made his day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan, have you hobbied? I I glued some Malifaux stuff. Yes, yeah. you have. You've done hobby. Yes. Woo. I like gluing things. You do glue a lot it's a, of things. It's, it's not an outreach program. Like, <laughs> let him have his hobby as he wants to do it. No, no, no. no. Normally he doesn't do anything. Yeah, normally he doesn't do anything, and we don't, and that's fine, and we accept Dan for that, but we get excited when he does do something. <laughs> Which of your commission monkeys has done something this week? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded more patronising than I think we meant it. Yes, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. I'm used to it. I think we meant it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. Um... <laughs> 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 what, what have I done? So I painted some Convict 47 using the contrast paint green. Mm-hmm. And that got some really nice comments. It did. People were hyped. Because it just used what I have always said, faces and bases. Yeah. I spent a little bit of time on the mm. face, tiny bit of time on the base, contrast green all over, job, 
job done. When you put up that picture and said it took you 45 minutes to get them on done, I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, I was really impressed. And that's why Mm. I was so curious because where I've been trying out the contrast paints, I've not found they go like... I found that if I paint one area and then try to put another contrast paint over the top to change the colour, so say I'm painting green and a little bit of green has gone into an area where I want brown, right. I've then found the brown doesn't go quite right. right. So it was interesting for you that it actually worked really well, which means well, I'm going to you know, try yeah, again so and see how it goes. I, was ca- I mean, I, was ca- I can use a brush. I was careful with it, but the whole model, minus the face and hands, was green. So minus the face and hands. Yeah. Okay, so you did leave the skin that, areas. Yes. So that's and I went we're over that with, but then I painted the face with the Gilliam Flesh contrast paint. Okay. Let that dry and then went back over with Wraithbone and a little bit of red on the nose, a little on the cheeks. Job done. Faces and bases. Lovely faces and bases. That's it. Yeah. That's it's on contrast. Well, you yeah. Oh, on contrast, but you see Ross Tully's as well. Yeah, lovely. Ross, they, is, Ross has always been a fantastic painter. Just clean and crisp. Yeah. And these were designed for someone like him. His cooks, he did them in like a bright yellow scheme. And plumbers yeah. too, okay. Yeah, yeah both double contrast paints. The main, the main Gilbert thing I've done is um, I'm changing my the resin fish that I got into Star Wars fish. Yes. And That's I, a thing. Sorry, Sithaman. Well, I think half are going to be Jedi and half are going to be Sith. So, currently, Kraken is Sith, and I've given him little horns, and he's got a double-ended lightsaber. Well, then why wouldn't you? Well, quite. Angel's got a double-ended lightsaber. Shark's got two single lightsabers for dual-wield action. think he's going to be Jedi. But I can't decide what to do with the fish on his arm. I can't decide whether to leave it or to get rid of it, but then what do I replace it with? Mm. I I can't decide. But Star Wars fish is real. Which... Conveniently, might even be an awesome segue into our first thing. Oh, um, yes. We can actually then start talking about FCD players. Let's do Indeed. the thing that we're here to. So is, is Kraken a Sith? Uh, Kraken, not Sith. Is Knuckles a Sith or a Jedi? That really should be the first question. We genuinely haven't mentioned on the podcast yet that we're going to be talking about the free Oh, yeah, after you, Matthew. We've got a share, share with Well, no, it's, it's done now. I just think it's funny that we've got... Yeah, I realise this is, this oh, is, is the Sherwin podcast with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so why don't we now talk about the FCD models and let's start with Knuckles. Let's so do it. I think you need to know about Knuckles. <laughs> Knuckles is basically a Primark um, and he can fly it and he's invincible. <laughs> and uh, we didn't start on the internet today. Yeah, someone's doing it. The response on Gubs was measured and appropriate. As it always is, the Goblins took a very... A very, you know, careful look at him, analysed his capabilities and decided that he breaks the game and that he's just everything that's wrong with Guild Ball. So I should st- I should make my official statement here, uh, which is that, of course, I understand that there are some reactions that people have when they look at these things, and without context, it's very difficult perhaps to understand, you know, this thing has been playtested or it seems very, very, very good on paper, mm. and people will always want to naturally have a knee-jerk reaction of, this thing feels too good because I don't have this thing yet, yeah, or because... Yeah. This, this is, I might see this across the table. And very, very often people will easily go, well, the thing is, this seems super, super broken because of this and this and deliberately ignore the weak points to a model. Yep, I agree. So I think some of that is obviously tied up in what that is, to be fair. It's, I mean, it's interesting kind of seeing an order player, I think, talking about, well, how do I play against this? Yeah, what do I do? It's like, well, don't worry about him. Just go score goals. Yeah. yeah, but what if he has them all? You can't pop resilience. Yeah, there's absolutely no way that you could walk in with your resilient model Fangtooth, pop resilience, then he can pop it back if he likes, then you can knock him down and do three to five damage. At least. Yeah, yeah at exactly. least. It's, yeah, it's. It, I think there's. Um, I think it's interesting seeing some of the feedback we'll see, but 
I don't know. I mean, I, I believe some of the other players. I mean, I guess you guys have seen the stats, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We like. When are you putting this out? Can we talk about that stuff? Yeah, we're not. We're, out literally yeah, we're tomorrow? we're not doing a rich beard and doing like everything straight as like it's released. We're saving this podcast till they're all released. Then we're just going to release it. It's all out in the open. Well, in which case, I mean, how do we think? Okay, so before we circle back, I guess to the start of things, how do we think? Well, how are you guys? Do you like the new rookies? Do you not like them? What's your opinion? Rock. Oh, who wants to go first? Go back, go. I this wave, I love them. Fact. Well, that's super encouraging. They're... Have you seen the other wave, or are you just saying that as in I love these ones so far? Yes, I'm just saying I love these ones so far. We haven't seen the I... other wave. If you so want I to, I like talk... the way you're like this wave. I love them. We were at like, the playtest. What test about the other guys? Oh, no, it's because we were at the playtest. So I'm trying to. Oh, it's the... you know. I, I, like think what I can say and things. I do think that maybe if you do want us to be able to compare the waves effectively, then maybe you should. Yeah, why don't you just tell <laughs> us about? I'll find that over now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you did, uh, yeah. no. That, exchange for the edge. That was that was my how, why my language was chosen. That little Dropbox. Uh, this wave is great, um, and also I'm being I'm saying this way because I'm discounting Cutlass because I still hate her because of what happened. And I will never forget. <laughs> never forget, never forgive. R.I.P. Gaffer. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's they're... still here, he's definitely here. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> they're, they're great. And what I would say about them, and is, for me is always the thing that's the most important factor, is when I see Knuckles, I want to play Fish. When I see mm. Lane, I want to play Butchers. And Butchers is the major guild I have never played a game of once in all these years. Mm. But I am about to. There you go. So for me, that's the thing. They make me want to play the team. I can't say a. I can't say more than that. Can't no, that's play. good. Are any favourites? Go on, Baz. For me, it's Lane because he's full on football bonkersness, mm. and I'm gonna probably play Butchers as a try three O Butchers with a backup two two if I have to. Of course you are. Yeah, you will. It's like a pro. You like are like a like an absolute moron. But I still want to be that moron. It's the best way to be, my friend. Uh, How about the rest of you guys? Gaffer. You like, yeah, Gaffer's your favourite. I really like him. I really like nice him. I want to play Captain Garst. Yeah. Captain Garst is real. Mm. Captain Garst in Morn to go like the maximum yeah. tack yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Tack 12 Garst being Red Fury. Why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> Take him off. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, everything around it just got nuked. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. If I do start playing again properly, I'll start playing Morts. Nice. I had my little flutter with Mason. That was fun. Corbelli was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Also remember there's the um, uh, Scything Blow was in that guild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... And Single Dale. And mm-hmm. All of the tools are and, in that uh, guild. We point. Uh, and Silence. Yeah. <laughs> so you can make sure that model's staying there. The yeah. Time. It's great. It's great. I mean, Mort's <laughs> never been... Um, yeah, so, I... our, our problem with seeing the model, so every photo we've seen of it has been, the, the light has somewhat washed out. When you've got black resin, it's very difficult to mm-hmm. photograph in a way where you can really make out the detail of the model. And um, John Scaffer hasn't arrived yet at time of recording. So... Like, is it a nice model showing? We think it it's looks a lovely, nice. It's a lovely model. You exactly identified the thing. It's very hard to get good pictures of a model that is effectively black. Yeah. Because obviously it's, it's yeah, it, the light doesn't capture it in the right way, so you can see the different angles and so on. The same way as you kind of look at Edge's model, for example, and immediately see kind of the hard edges and you know, face, con- uh, face details and you know, the way her jacket is, all that sort of stuff. Gaffer's got all of that stuff going on, but because of the natural colour of the model, you just can't yeah, see it. Yeah, absolutely. It, so, model-wise, 
tough not to say Edge from what we've seen mm. so far. That model is fantastic. Like, well, I've I've had her in hand, and she is. So to address, uh, I know we're jumping off what people's favourite models are here, but just quickly to address people's concerns about the resin, I know it's been a big thing. Yeah, we had the uh, video from Loxham about you know explaining mm. that the resin quality was being addressed. They're taking a look at it. I've seen the resins before. I've seen the previous resin. I've got the Kickstarter Obulus myself, which is that similar kind of resin. Not Kickstarter, sorry, the um, Steamcon Obulus. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've I've had some experience with that resin. It was. For me, it was fine. I know there were some quality issues for some people. Hmm. This stuff, genuinely, I'm not blowing smoke up their asses, is brilliant. Yeah. It is, it's very resilient. It's very, very crisp. And it's even though it's really resilient, it's been very easy to clean up because there are there are a, small, a few small mold lines. It's still resin. That's just a mm, fact well, of the medium. It's still toy soldiers. It's still toy soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the plastic models have mold lines. Metal models have mold lines. If you don't want a mold line, go and get some three D master. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Or, or, get or, be, or be prepared to spend a lot of money on models. Yeah, yeah. And let's face it, if you want a three D print, you better get a high quality one. Or you still have the grades yeah, yeah. where the printing's happened. Yeah, I, I agree with you. My lane yeah. was lovely. <clears throat> Couple of little mold lines, which is you have to have because it's a model that is has been in a mold. Yeah, fucking lovely mm. model. I've cleaned yeah. it up easily. Well, we should spray it. The quality, the crispness of the cast, the sculpt rather, is it, it very clearly evident, and I think they're fantastic. Yeah, really nice. When we saw yours, uh, you showed us at the showed me at the club. because yeah. I was waiting for mine. I think the models that you've made are of a new league of what you had previously. I think that's true. Well, it's going to be fed back to Russ. I'll happily feed that back to Russ. Um, I know he'll be pleased with that praise. So, yeah, I'd like to actually. I'm going to have to speak to Russ because I really want to know who sculpted these out of the team. Yeah, mm, that's a really good question. I don't know off the top of my head. I think I know Ben did at least a couple of them. Yeah, right. I want to know um, which, which were the Russ, which were the Tom, which were the Ben. Yeah, I want to get to mm. a point where I can look at them and just know, but I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely not there not yet. Not there yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so jumping back, it's Dan, Dan. favourite, Big D. Um, it's got to be Knuckles or Amber. I love oh. Amber because I, I put in my votes, I did my time. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, but then I love Knuckles because like, I just when yeah. I went to the playtest day, I played Amber, I played Champ, I played Knuckles, and I just had more fun with Knuckles than anything else. Mm. And that's, that's <laughs> the game <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what's important. Sweet. I love the art of Knuckles as well. Just yeah. like, oh, so good. I think Rich mentioned his pop- his um, r- r- Rapid Rookie ra- Roundup podcast mm. on Knuckles mm. will have come out today at the time of recording, Monday at time of listening. Um, it He mentions that he can't wait to see, and I agree with him, a, like a proper talented painter yeah. do some chest tattoos and stuff on Knuckles. Mm. I really can't wait to see that because there's going to be some gorgeous work done on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But the the biggest problem with Lane is, if I'd known he was Alice in Chains Lane, I'd have fought for him, showing. I'd have fought hard. I couldn't be more transparent during the campaign. <laughs> 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 I really couldn't. It, was, it Honestly, it wasn't until, I think it was like, at SteamCon, yeah, like, I overheard you and I was just like, oh yeah, that's the thing. And I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? What? When, when did that when did that happen? <laughs> it was like once you see it, it's like how do we not? Especially you, I would have picked you of all people. I would have. I thought love Alice in Chains. Yeah. my days. Yeah, I would have fought for him. A, he's a striker, so I would have loved him. And B, I could have gone. Oh yeah, like here's another fan I like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind. 
Alas, it was not to be. Oh, no, Who's right? your favourite of the wave speakers on Barry's windowsill? <laughs> that, I guess that's addressed to me. That is just at you. <laughs> Classic man. Uh, I'm very biased to go with Edge. Um, I, 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 not only do I, I love the model for Edge, uh, I think she was one of the more fun, not all of the characters were fun to write. Not, not a single one of them were kind of a chore. Um, I have a soft spot in my art for, for Edge because I think she's uh, she was an interesting character to kind of uh, bounce around and kind of find a, a model for, if that makes sense. Okay. And try and end up with what she want, what how I wanted her to be and be perceived and so on. And I think we sort of managed to get a really interesting character at the end of this. It's got a real kind of punky, kind of quite contemporary feel, but doesn't feel out of place in the Gilball team, uh, which is its own achievement, I think. I like that. But that's kind of that's kind of us fading away into the um, into story stuff, which might also be another way of getting there. Yeah, that's well, good. that's also something we really want to discuss. So, what? How I'd like to do it, if that's okay with you, Sharon, is sort of <coughs> we go through each of the rookies in turn, discuss a little bit about um, how they fit into the team, maybe uh, any input you've got uh, to, to give to us on the design process and what your guys' thoughts were on them, um, and then if possible, we can go a little bit into as much as you're willing to divulge on uh, the story for that character as sort of... uh, I'm fairly happy to do that the only thing you'll only really get design input on me from Edge because that's the one I designed cool uh, fine by me Jamie oh, Bryce so should we start with Edge then well sure, sure we can do because she is also my favourite uh, as she's going with the team uh, that I'm playing one, one thing I'd like to say about her as well she's one of those models that I'm going to buy more than one of because I want her in Gilball but I want to role play this character yeah yeah I think that's strong absolutely she just looks great yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get stuck into her because you, I mean everyone who's listened to this has the card in front of them, um, so they're not going to need us to break down exactly, you know, the, her stats and what she has. What I'd like to discuss is something that I've been talking to Dan a lot recently about, which is where does she fit into a team? Because the hunters have got they're in a very nice place uh, at the moment where they've got three very good captains who all play generally at least slightly different roles. You know, Theron and Steeljaw, there's a bit more overlap in what they would do for the team. Um, but they've got a lot of very strong squaddies, and sometimes it's very hard not to stick to the same sort of four or five for me, at least. Um, even though the others are generally quite strong as well. So, I was having a real difficult time of figuring out where I want her exactly. So, because for me, my Steeljaw team consists of Vet Minx, Cena, and 99.99% of the time, Egret. I think, in fact, I'm just going as far as to say as those three are fixed. So I have a flex pick. Now, so far, that's been Matagi, because I think he he just brings a lot to the team. I'm not going to go into that all now. He's just my core pick there. But I think Egret, uh, sorry, I think Edge is a very nice pick into that slot as well. But it's hard to know where, and I think the main thing that would do it for me is if there's a nice big bit of terrain somewhere on the board for her to teleport off. Mm. And I'm not sure where else. Well, for, for me, anyone that's got a tackle, momentous tackle dodge on one is in, because that's how I play this. So for me, she is in. That I is, love it. That is important, because one of Hunter's things is their tackles are generally on two or three and non-momentous. Yeah. So a tackle dodge momentous Poor old one author. is good. Yeah. Like who? <laughs> so what? When you were looking at her at the show, was there a captain you thought well she's got to go with? And because of the law connection with Scartha, was that the first port of call? 
Yeah, it wasn't so much. Uh, looking at Scaife, I mean, the reason it landed at my desk to uh, to have a look at, if I'm entirely truthful, is I think Bryce was a bit burnt out having just gone through nine other rookies and was mostly seeing the game, which is really awkward because she feels she's quite a distinct character on paper and it's more a case of I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to get her to fit into the Hunters. Um, and I think in a uh, bearing in mind sort of pressing timelines and stuff, he just went, yeah, do you want to have a go? And it's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I can do this. Um, Hold my beer. But I, but I think for a large part, I, I think um, I think for me, when I was looking at her, one of the big things I wanted to get through was this sense of, we'd already talked about close control was probably a given, right, based on what we'd already said about her on the, uh, on the scan report. Okay. And we'd also said that she was quite fast as well. So that kind of lent itself to, okay, so she's going to be a very fast, nimble player with... Um, with kind of uh, close control, that was always fairly straightforward. But the big sense I wanted to get for her was this sense of being a very unorthodox player, this this kind of player who's very much not only a footballer, but also doesn't feel like she belongs necessarily with the Hunter's Guild. She's this character who's rejected... Yeah, she is initially a hunter, and she's rejected all of that, and now okay. she finds herself going back. But that doesn't mean that she immediately goes, well, I'm happy to go back to the old ways. That's definitely not who she is. And that tackle dodge is a great example of that. Um, yeah. The other thing that works with that is that also, at the time, I just finished, well, more or less just come off the back of Steeljaw as well, and I really wanted to have something where the captains kind of work together uh, with the with the rookie because I'm just thinking if this was to become, you know, if if you were to look at I'm just getting these new players into the team, you know, kind of new rookie, new captain, that sort of stuff. But at this point, you kind of think, well, those two are a nice pairing to put together. Mm. Not that she doesn't go very well with someone like Theron, who also chucks out Snare all over the place. Mm. But um, it, it was really so much. What's an interesting way I can combine off of off of um, off of Steeljaw? And bearing in mind, Steeljaw likes to put out Snared, apparently, um, yeah. just a little bit. Uh, we it kind of felt like a nice combination. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think. Um... You know, you look at her and you think tack four, mom two, and a six inch range snare on two doesn't look so great when it's on uh, four. Uh, sorry, two on a tack four model. It's a lot easier when you're hitting death three armor zero models. Um, that's not so bad. Right, and one of the big things I also had was I wanted her to work with uh, snare specifically a different type of interaction because obviously all of the hunters it's hey more damage yeah we throw out more damage more at this stuff really wanted edge to have more mobility because that feels like the type of move the player wants to have off of snare okay so you can almost imagine her sort of running past kicking them because as they're down and kind of bouncing further away that sort of stuff Absolutely. and that's why that that momentous tackle dodge isn't really a momentous tackle dodge it's a really momentous tackle triple dodge yeah and that uh, which is that ties her nicely with Scarlet, like her sister, because we know that she can do dodge, infinite dodge. You know, like yeah, dodge, and there you go. dodge for days. I think then we do we have tackle it, six dodges. I think it's tackle six inch dodge on one if you max out the scatter buffs. Bonkers. Mm. That's, yeah. that's a nice. That's a nice uh, connection. <laughs> yeah. No, that's brilliant. I um I think she's a really nice design model. When I saw her at the um, playtest day, I was underwhelmed. If I'm honest. Um. Mm. She didn't. This was pre four point one update, so she didn't seem to do the job of either Minx or Zerola as well as those models did it. But <coughs> she seemed to want to fulfil a similar role. So at the time, I was just kind of like, she doesn't quite fit in for me. But this was, of course, before Steeljaw. So since her and since we've had the four point one update and those roles have moved around a little bit more, I now look at her and see her as definitely a really solid flex for that fourth slot in my team. De- you know, depending on who I'm facing and what the terrain looks like, and you know how I think I'm going to be playing that game, and I I, I absolutely love her um, model. I 
absolutely love the punk look to her. The hair is fantastic. I've been all about the hair since we we saw this um, we saw the scout report for her. I've always commented this is the strongest <laughs> hair game in Guild Ball. Um, I do remember you saying that. I did say that. I've got I've still got her badge on my bag from um, SteamCon. She's been my girl the whole way through. So I now I'm just loving how much I love this model and Barry's, Barry's sitting in the corner grumbling about Gaffer still. Um, <laughs> we'll get there, don't worry. Yeah, yeah but be strong. Okay. No, I, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And it's, it, it, yeah, I'm just really happy to see how great she is. Can I ask about Mirage? Is the idea sure. that she's like just learned to be stealthy? Uh, do you know what? That's one of those ones where, I mean, it, it's worth saying that I may have designed Edge, but that's kind of giving Bryce a piece of paper and going, hey, so I had a quick stab at this. Where do you get, you know, this one I think is going to be super cool. We're then... Bryce and Jamie do all of the hard work in terms of, you know, kind of then taking that model and making it something that could see the table uh, and actually, yeah, it's balanced and working well. And I think Mirage is one of those abilities where it was super cool for them to put in and felt really nice, especially because obviously you've got uh, someone like Hearn you can uh, bounce away from. You can do all sorts of tricks and shenanigans with him. Well, that's exactly what I was asking. And I think it's more so much something where by the time it came back to me for a naming pass, I remember looking at it and going, okay, that's kind of fun. I don't know a football, a good footballing term I could put into this. So <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of became sort of something where Mirage, super, you know, super thematic in terms of what she's actually doing, I guess. But it's just one of those ones where we have to have a little bit of abstraction there, I'm afraid. No, of course. No, it was just in law terms. I was trying to think, is she a little bit magic? That was kind of where I was going. Oh, I see. No, definitely not. If any of our characters are rejecting that, it's definitely Edge. Okay. So, because oh, yeah. I, I want to just go a little bit back to because you said that where she's, I'm going in, go back into the fluff now. Oh, this is why well, we've got a show on. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no just going away from the rules of it. Like the yeah, whole point of rules discussion. Yeah, the whole point of the the morale thing. I really like the idea of you being able to set it up with someone else at the start of the turn to yeah. be able to get silly amounts of dodge into the terrain to jump to the other side of the terrain is really cool. Well, not terrain, sorry, the rough ground. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or, 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 I think that's where Theron ties in quite nicely cool. with her because yeah. he can power the forest for her to teleport it, off of and it, stuff like well, that. It feels like it's an ability that should read at the start of the activation, but I love that it's not. Yeah, I agree, because I like the idea of if they've got a big you know patch of rough ground near their goal, I like the idea that I can go out on that wing, sprint at the rough <clears> ground, <throat> teleport to the other end of it and score from yeah. like something ridiculous. We've got a five-inch wide bubble of rough ground at the club that I now want to put on every board I play on yeah. <laughs> at the opponent's end of the board. <laughs> well, I like, like the idea of being able to do silly things that you can't quite reach the quick ground so therefore <coughs> you put rough ground on top of it you jump to the other end of the rough ground you're light footed so therefore you pick up the quick ground and not care. <laughs> like So you chain the two grounds together and then yeah. jump across to the edge of it. I like the idea of, you know how Gilbert uh, pitches you've got the, the quick ground on the side that sometimes seems just that bit too far away. You're like, fine, I'll hit someone, dodge onto the rough ground that I've made, then I'll jump over the top. I like that. Yeah, I, like that I think that's solid. Um, carry on with your fluff. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> I you have your permission to carry on. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good that You I may do. continue. <laughs> Don't. It's just easy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to just sort of go back to, so obviously Edge left the Hunters. There was some sort of... Not falling out, but she left because of what was happening with Scaffa. A kerfuffle. And now she's obviously been pulled back in. And I really want to know a little bit more about how she's feeling about that and what the whole situation is with her and her sister. So it's interesting. Uh, you are spoiler-tastic now asking about Scaffa. Well done. Yeah, uh, So 
The idea is, is if you go back, you have these two sisters. Uh, they obviously they're both fairly devout, um, sort of uh, acolytes or disciples of the Winter Goddess. And then at some point, it becomes evident that Scaithir is the chosen one. Scaithir is going to be the is going to be the Winter Queen's champion. And as a result, um, what happens is Edge increasingly sees her sister because when it's not like the, the champion of the Sunfather becomes much more like uh, it becomes much more of a he's he's not really possessed as such. He's kind of imbued with this warmth and this sense of kind of. Um, power and this sort of very almost benevolent kind of feel uh, to the people around him. He's almost becomes a natural leader and that kind of thing where everyone will gravitate towards them. The opposite cannot be said for the Winter Queen where it's very much a more of a possession. It's very much more, you know, Scaithor is just gone and in in her place she's just a vessel for this incredible, incredibly powerful god uh, kind of in sort of, you know, inhabiting her body. And the idea is, is that Edge would have seen her sister kind of you know, just pretty much go away and almost be possessed and cease to be the sister she recognises. And that's enough to drive Edge away yeah. uh, and make Edge kind of really go, well, I don't want anything to do with this crazy cult that's going on here. And, you know, I'm just gone. And literally just just literally leaves, runs away one night, doesn't ever look back, doesn't ever expect herself to come back. And, of course, now she's, she's actually been picked up by the team after putting herself in this position. But what's interesting is I think the Edge that's coming back is a character who's learned, especially from being around Amber, this idea that actually it's up to me to look after people. I think she's sort of, in the years that she's been away, she's really worked out that she's not comfortable with this idea of being the girl that ran away from when things got tough. She, she really feels bad about the fact that her sister is kind of, you know, in her time of need, she could have helped her sister. Even if she was powerless, she at least needed to be there. She owed it to her sister to kind of have some sort of sense of, you know, um, some sense of trying to help or at least be there as a support. And I think that's the big thing that's missing. Uh, from Edge's life and she kind of put Amber into that role as quite a nice substitute and she obviously stuck up for all of the other kids at the you know, at the, um, at the Rookie Academy yeah. and kind of was on their side but really this is what's gnawing away at her. So when she comes back it's interesting especially because obviously we now have this idea that well the winter is over which should mean that Scaifer has been left this desiccated husk. The idea is, is the Winter Queen abandons her champion, leaves, the, leaves them for dead and, you know, doesn't actually return again until we then have a new winter coming. But somehow Scaifer has persisted, which is very interesting. We saw a little bit of that in Edge's epilogue, where we have this idea that we see this very weakened, very different Scaifer, you know, kind of withering away, kind of watching from the shadows. But somehow she's still there. And also she's more Scaifer again. She's not necessarily... Somehow she survived, you know, this abandonment of what the Winter Goddess has sort of left her, and she's sort of gone back to being Scape for herself, which is unknown before in the Hunter's Guild. This is a completely new development. So maybe there's a little bit of a reason, more, more of a reason now for Edge to go back, in that her sister is is probably still there, so she's got almost someone to go back to, so, and someone who probably needs her well, it's Yeah, it's it's whether you... I mean, I don't know we've uh, introduced the two sisters yet and they have that. I don't know whether Scaifer's role is that she's actually accepted by the rest of the Hunters for what she is. Wow. You've got to understand that she's an aberration in terms of in their eyes, because she's somehow still alive. She's she's effectively the Walking Dead. Um, mm. If you're a hunter, okay. she shouldn't she shouldn't exist. She's something which, you know, she's broken the cycle. She's you know the cycle is the winter, <laughs> you know, the Winter Queen takes control of this body and then kills it and then moves on. And somehow she's still there, but she's not the Winter Queen anymore. That's an unknown factor. So you have to question how the other, especially 
especially some of the uh, the windscreen worshippers, that sort of side of the sect, how are they going to interact with her? And would she even be trusted by the Sunfather you know, crowd? It's a very interesting question. Okay, so there's a, there's a lot of tension in the guild at the moment then. An awful lot. Okay. So that was it. In going all the way back to SteamCon, did you mm. feel that like Edge was probably going to go to Hunters? Because once there was like, oh, it's her sister, it's like, oh, everyone's <laughs> going to fight for it and wants Edge back. Yeah, I kind of felt sorry for the Hunters, uh, because I, like everybody else apparently, was taken in by this glorious ambush they did. So much character, I love that. Um, I kind of felt sorry for the Hunters, because it was really strange seeing them just have, seem to have no votes and no anything going into this. This real kind of, hey guys, are you even like turning up or anything? Like, you're right at the bottom and all this other stuff. And I kind of, I thought, you yeah, know, it'd, it'd be really cool if Edge does go back, so I'll drop it in there, but I, at the same time, I don't necessarily... Because obviously I want to influence a little bit here and there, but I never want to be the guy who says, you should do this. Of it's course. Awesome. I should drop it in there for people to kind of have a bit of information and give us a bit of sort of uh, character at the end. And then lo and behold, I mean, I think that that was kind of a character that the Hunters were going for anyway because they wanted the Edge and John Cena thing. Yeah, so it just yeah, so happened now to be a perfect combination. I mean, truthfully, <laughs> I would have made it work whoever went there, but... Um, yeah, that was a happier one. That was a happier coincidence, I should say. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's it's very strong. It is very strong. Damn those hunters. Well, that's why she's got the jacket, right? Yeah, that's why I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna ask if if the long jacket was part of the reason because I love the long jacket. It looks badass, and yeah, we were all like, "Well, because the, the edge is the big jacket, right? That's gonna be the thing." Right. So it was really hard to try and fit Spear or you know, kind of the rated R superstar into it. So it's kind of. <laughs> kind of <laughs> basically trying to make a, find a way of making her work so although truthfully edge is actually based on um i don't know if you've got any of you guys have played the original life is strange yes uh if you have then the, uh, edge is based on chloe oh, uh, right, from life right. is strange that's the character i had in mind um the first versions of her just literally called her chloe while we were working <laughs> out a neck for her and um and that's that's the character i had in my head that kind of very protective uh very uh, loyal sort of uh, character, but at the same time very troubled past, and uh, definitely yeah. someone who doesn't easily fit in that kind of role. What's really interesting is a lot of these characters were based on someone quite specific when we were sort of first working on them. Okay. But um, we tried to make them as general as possible because you know we wanted them to fit archetypes because that's because we knew that people wouldn't have stats to bounce off of, they wouldn't have models to bounce off. So we wanted something that's accessible. So everyone could look and go, oh, that's a rogue, you know, for Nomad, for example. Yeah, of or, course. You know, that's yeah. like a, that's a bruiser for, you know, beater for kind of knuckles and that sort of stuff. Um, so it's only a couple that really had a very specific thing. And it's interesting how many people can, oh, yeah, so Edge is based off of X, Y, or Z, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, if you wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, what it, yeah it's what your character is. Absolutely. You know? Oh, nice one. Okay, so... Well, do you want to do them in... Well, should we go to Knuckles? Because he was... He was dropped today. He was first, yeah. Who was Knuckles based on then, loosely, early doors? Uh, Knuckles was, was generally a way to Yakuza fuck, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I had an idea that I wanted very much to have this uh, reformed kind of gangster character. But I didn't want him to fall into that sort of typical kind of, oh, he's a bad guy, kind of shady past. Um, sort of that trope of kind of, you know, real sort of bruiser, not very nice guy. I actually wanted a gentle giant. Um, I wanted someone who kind of could feel like he could fit in quite nicely to anything. Very much reformed past. In a strange way, kind of almost like a, uh, 
I kind of envision him as a little bit like a Lieutenant Wolf from Star Trek kind of thing. Like this, this <laughs> okay. guy, this guy whose sense of humor isn't going to be terribly well developed. Like kind of, okay, okay, Knuckles, we've got the butchers like, you know, this week we will destroy them. Okay. Then Knuckles, that sounds cool. You just do your thing. That sort of stuff, you know, like, um, I always kind of have that idea in my head for like who he could be. Right, like that's, that. that's strong, strong. I, I think the art for Knuckles is some of my favorite. Mm. Like, it really, probably is one of the best. I think his brilliant. Edge are two of the ones I love most. So good. Like I just look at it and I get the character. Mm. It communicates yeah, I, so I much. Knuckles. I think um, Dog smashed it out of the park with him. He Absolutely. kind of got brief saying, "We want a, want a guy who looks like a youngish Yakuza thug," and Doug came back with saying, "Awesome." So that that dude is good. So oh. I mean, we have to adjust the fact that he's obviously overpowered. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. The internet. John, don't laugh. The him. internet said. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I mean, no. But I, I get it. I mean, he's he's got a lot going for him. Don't get very, me wrong. Very, very good. He's and very good. If, if he, you're already scared of Corsair, it's not going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point. Sign. Yeah. Yeah. But Dan and I were talking in the car on the way here about, you know, what 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 his strength is, and Dan, do you want to mention your your point about his traits? As in where they're good or bad. Oh, right, yeah. It feels like sometimes that he's got playing all the captains. In Corsair, the uh, the Backfield... Is it Backfield Presence? Yeah. yeah. Backfield Presence isn't really ever going to happen. But in all the others, closed ranks isn't ever really going to happen. Mm. They're like... The, the, they're the icing on the cake. Whereas in Corsair, you're probably going to have the giant scrum and then closed ranks is super relevant. And with the others, mm. it feels like often he'll either be a goal, a goalie, or a place to high, um, bumper the ball between passes. Yeah, mm. bumpering the ball is exactly you and I were talking about this the other day. Yeah, that, he's, he's, he's gonna be great for that. He's your in, he's your intermediary yeah. between, uh, you know, Model A who had the ball and Model C who's going to get get the goal. Yes. Um, yeah, and I think it's yeah, yeah. really powerful. His combination of resilience plus his bonus attack against Model with the ball means that his. Uh, like counter attack, tackle, tackle back, um, string with a striker, yeah, is very favourable towards the knuckles. Yes, yeah. really is. And but what made me laugh today is just imagining a situation where a model is trapped between both him and Kraken. And <laughs> I think the only way you reliably get away from that is either you have very low reliable pushes, or you have where they go. Yeah, because hmm. apart from that, I don't really see how you get away from the pair of them engaging you. I, because I'm going to say it even though you guys hate it. Do it. I love the idea of him. I mean, he's attack, he ultimately, bottom line, he's a two-inch melee model with a tackle on two. Yes. Tack six, he's hitting that tackle on two. Tack eight. Yeah, if they've got the ball, exactly. Well, I mean, if you're tackling someone, they're going to exactly. have the ball. He's got, he's got that. He could potentially hit that tackle double push. Yeah. Um, or the tackle knockdown. Well, exactly. <laughs> all, I love the, heavy tackles. All, it's all, the hammer result, but good. Yeah. The, the tackle knockdown, you have close control, that's cute. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, it, I'm, I'm loving the idea of him going on striker runs, and I know that that's not what he's for, but it's what I'm always going to look for. I think you can. Oh, he's a fish, him. right? So he's yeah. probably going to have something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really want to play him in Yukai. I really mm. do. If he was in any other team... The online comments might have some relevance. I think. I think he's so strong, but I think he fits the fish way of being strong. Yeah. But if he was I think it, fish. If he was I think fish are a very obvious team, the same as butchers uh, in a lot of ways in terms of how they work. Right? They are the the premier scoring team, uh, and 
I think he's a really useful toolbox for those guys. I mean, I can't speak as to Jamie and Bryce's design intention, but from my take on him, I, I look at things like his high attack score, and, I, and much like you guys, it's interesting that, I mean, all we really need to do is hit his, tack, his second result, right? So he could be tack 10, 12, whatever you want him to be. <laughs> if you're only going to roll those hits and then take the second result anyway, it almost doesn't matter. Uh, like if he's high, you know, his tack is so high, unless it uh, once it gets past a certain threshold, it doesn't really matter too much what the actual tack reaches up to. Yeah, no, but with with him, the way that his playbook's done is very, very beneficial to looking for the spike. So where you say mm. you're only looking for two, that happens on a lot of players where you'll charge in, you'll get six results, but you will take the two. With him, you're not taking two; you're taking his two point, like better. His four is tackle double. My phone's just crashed. Well, it's, it's the third but, is the heavy tackle, which yeah, but, is but where what I mean the money is, is. You've always got an improvement on column two, whereas other players, when you're looking for that second column, they don't have any improvement on column two up the field. You don't have a tackle dodge. You don't have a tackle push later on. So if you're going for tackle, you're getting. Well, wait till we talk about lane, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, and I can't, I, to be fair, I fair can't. Enough. Yeah, that's fair, and I can't necessarily say that that's a bad thing from a design perspective. It, it's kind of always a bit sad when someone spikes their dice and gets a crazy thing and then just takes the really sensible result anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's why your team is boring. And it, it's always <laughs> odd. Whenever you look at fish and you see they've got like the three three damage, now in this case four, and it's like... And two on two. Irrelevant whether it's relevant or yeah, like two on two, two, on two, two. is still big. Yeah. And he can take four influence, which is still very <laughs> I like so, the idea of going up to the guy with the ball and being like, hi, tack eight, two, two, oh, two. Oh, I hear the tack eight, we'll take it. Only need two points, I'll, two, I'll two, I'll take two. the ball when you try and run away from me. Yeah. <laughs> he he is going to be really nasty and very, very good in a Corsair team, I think. He's going to be really nasty. Well, I wonder if I'm ever... Yeah, if, how easy is it to engineer that situation where you're going to hit those top numbers? I mean, we've all played Corsair. Where, yeah, yeah, we've all yeah. played Corsair where that scrum happens, and you're like, "Well, I'm crowded out three times, four times. This is awful. What do I do?" Die. He's, he's gonna hit it. Yeah, it's it, that four is is achievable. Yeah. Um, I'd like to delve into fluff a little bit because of course before before oh, we break the rules, go. Why does he have a knockdown on four? Yeah. Oh yeah, why is he not done a four guys? It's, 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 it's parting blows. What, if it, it was why, is it, why is it momentous yeah. if it was pine blows? I, that, uh, because burnish, sometimes burnish. burnish, exactly. <laughs> I, I actually would like a clarification of, of heavy tackle if it can affect a model who doesn't have the ball. My head reading of it is that you have to have the ball to be able to knock them down. Um, I think it depends. Is it worded the same way as ball's gone? Because ball's gone, you can't take unless they have the ball. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's targeting the model loses possession of the ball to this model and suffers the knockdown condition. And balls gone is worded as that's the wrong yellow. I mean, we're trying to work it out, but I'm pretty sure someone else in this room can yeah, give us a probably. definitive answer. We're not in this room. No, it's it's worded the same as balls gone, so I don't think you can take it against models that don't have the ball. Which is Shelby, another reason. Do you think that's right? Uh, I think the best solution is to ask Bryce. When <laughs> <laughs> ask Bryce, smart Bryce. <laughs> Political answer. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I want to talk about background because um, knuckles. End of free siege draft piece was one of my favourites because yes, you have agreed. Jack, the big old bruiser of the crew, mm. come up to it while Knuckles is kind of having his own moment and kind of try to bully slash intimidate him a little bit, and he's trying to bully and intimidate a, an inv- a basically a veteran gang member, a Yaku- a member of the Yakuza, and he's trying to stare him down as a bloke that plays a bit of a rough game of football. Right. And and you've seen Football you can, Factory, right? 
All right, my they're, point. I mean, they're pretty fucking scary. My point is, I'm more scared of the yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you offer me a football hooligan on the left and a member of the yakuza on the right, I will get my teeth kicked in by Harry rather than the fucking like Asian nutcase who is going to eviscerate me and then go after my family. <laughs> I'll just take the kick in. Hey, Asian nutcase, you heard it here first. Uh, I don't think that's racist. Um, <laughs> I was specifically talking about the accusers, so I think that's fine. That's literally what they are. They're I'm scared. sure they like they're that. They're scary people. I'm sure they like that wording I too. Think they like the idea that I'm scared of them. I think they're fine with that. Um, if they listen to this podcast, we'll find out. Yeah, if you're, if you're a member of the Yakuza, please tweet us. <laughs> Wrong bit of podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm not ready to be targeted by the Yakuza, you guys. Oh, oh, I'm already in deep shit with the triads. Um, um, yeah, but then Knuckles doesn't even really blink. And we were talking about another thing. And Knuckles doesn't really even blink. And then he basically just says, watch the fuck out. I'm going to take your job. And then walks away. And Jack can't really say anything to that. Is there as much animosity between those two as I want to think there is? I don't think they'll be best friends. So I, th- I think there's. I think Jack is someone who's not terribly happy in his his life right now. Um, I think he's probably more more like some manifestation of. I mean, Jack is a player who was definitely drafted onto the team uh, under the sort of grayscales slash shark captaincy, uh, and in the advent now we have Corsair back on the scene. Corsair hasn't been afraid, hasn't been shy in sort of saying, well, chill what, mate, you're just not up to the cut. You're unfit compared mm. to the rest of my players. You're not scoring goals. You are not part of a championship team, as I see it. You really need to really fuck your ideas up. Dang. And and it's something where you've got to understand from Jack's frustrations, uh, one important part about that is as well, is he's even literally seen a guy who Corsair has handpicked as his replacement as well, kind of like who's younger, kind of faster, kind of stronger, all of those things. I mean, ultimately, if you're Jack, you're a bruiser, right? You're kind of a bruiser on a team that isn't really, doesn't really do that. And now you've seen a guy who can do that even more so than you can. <laughs> um, so I think I think it's more a sort of case of where Jack's frustrations come from uh, than anything else, to be honest. Um, but certainly in the case of Knuckles, obviously Knuckles. Again, we talked about this being a general giant. He's he's more he's not afraid of like pretty much most things. He's he's sort of face down fucks. He's yeah, got a whole bunch of scars like going around him where he's just literally been in fight after fight. Some kind of guy who's basically a brawler from a tavern somewhere probably isn't going to intimidate him very much. He's seen it all before. Um, you know, I mean, Jack doesn't carry around a shank and looks like he's a respectable member of the community. He's not like, yeah, he, he's, he's exactly to what you guys are talking about. If you're used to kind of having gang fights and stuff where you someone might put a shiv and try and kill you at any one point, Having a fight down the pub or knocking someone out is probably not that big a deal. Well, we were not far from Croydon, are we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is only about five or six miles away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Knuckles suffered in the FCD draft early doors for not being as interesting as those around him. Mm. But now he is one of the players that I am most interested to learn about, which is interesting. And I don't think it's because we didn't learn much about him before. There's something just about like the gang thing, yeah. the look of him. The fact he's in fish, it just feels really interesting. I really want to learn more about him. When we're in the draft, I was like, yeah, and I wish we'd had him now. Mm. I well, it's interesting that. because 
Sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, no, go, go, go. I was going to say, it's interesting because what I really appreciate and what I really enjoyed about the FCD is that the FCD gave us this capacity to, yeah, these are the players at the start of their career and not even that, it's before they even join a team. So it's like proto players. Mm. And now we all, you know, now they've had that sort of first part go past them. They're now looking at, right, so now they're not proto players anymore. Now they actually have teams and we can really start to see them sort of begin to emerge as what type of player they're going to be going forward. I mean, can you imagine how awesome it'd be if we get veteran versions of these players at some point along the way, and we actually could see them grow? You know, see how some of them, you know, some of them might not make it, some of them really do, some of them might step up into captains. There's no promises; these are just ideas. But Shall you should we... understand where I'm coming from. You cannot tease these kind of things. Knuckles Minor Guild. I. Oh my God. <laughs> boys come. You like, you've said guild. that, and I've felt a quaking deep within me. In the force. I, I want this. I want. I want a year or two down the line, probably maybe longer. Suddenly, we've got veteran versions of these characters where they've developed even further. Maybe say some of them have taken over the guild. Maybe some of them are dead. Yeah, well, well, well it's yeah. and maybe some of them are dead. I just feel <laughs> sorry because dead. Dom's somewhere up there. I'm sure Amber's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that, that traditionally hasn't worked well for SFG staffers. So I'm just going to throw that out there. That's fine. a good point. He literally killed Bryce's dad. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, what can you tell? So, do you have a real name for Knuckles? Or was he always Knuckles? Always Knuckles. We never gave him uh, a different name to go with. It just didn't seem appropriate. And I envision that Knuckles is probably a name he's carried with him since like the uh, the days when he was in gangs. Hmm. Uh, to be truthful, because that's kind of yeah, it was, it was always designed. We wanted to have a real sort of ganger kind of feel to him, like what he does. Yeah. yeah. So that we can imagine that's sort of a very rough kind of brawler kind of thing. I mean, in terms of. In terms of his backstory, he's he's very much like a, a guy who grows up on the you know, the wrong side of the tracks. He he joins a gang early on because that's what you do. You know, he hasn't really got like a good parentage kind of you know direct him in nice ways. He hasn't really got a good support mechanism. He doesn't come from a background of education or anything like that. He hasn't really got any skills here and there. And it's something where he joins a gang and increasingly he kind of finds himself walking around conventional society like in between his things, but he's not sort of hanging out in the gutter somewhere. And he kind of just sees all of these people and is enviously looking at them all, kind of going about their business and thinking, I wish I could be like you, but I wish I didn't have to you know, have one foot in the underworld and kind of be watching my back everywhere. And I kind of wish that I wasn't something where I am kind of, you know, running protection rackets or I'm, you know, a, a thug for somebody for hire or alternatively just fighting other gangs or whatever else. He's always enviously looking at those. And I think for Knuckles, the big turning point is when... Uh, he and one of his buddies, basically, his like, closest confidant, basically have an altercation with some uh, with some other gang. And uh, his buddy just doesn't make it. His buddy gets shanked and dies. And and Knuckles sort of barely comes out of this thing with a massive gash that we've described, like, yeah, this huge scar he's kind of got around his side, which he kind of describes as that was the that was the last straw that made me have to get out of this. Mm. Like, you know, he's kind of, I almost died. I saw my friend die. Like, I just don't want to be part of this thing anymore. Like, I, I just don't want it. And at that point, that's when we see Knuckles um, really kind of upsticks leave to get away because it's worth pointing out these gangs for these guys, they're city-based. They're not kind of you know national. They're not kind of this massive thing. So at that point, he pretty much hits the road, wanders for a longest time, manages to find himself in the three cities draft. And at that point, where he can actually a place where he can use his skills, they're sort of transferable into kind of being on a pitch, hmm. and finds that actually that is a place that he can settle in. And not only that, but he doesn't actually have to hurt anybody. So it really would have yeah. sucked if he'd end up in the butchers, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So how does he feel about being in prison? 
I'm pretty sure he's happy to have a home, to be honest. I mean, in the story, there's that thing where he kind of has the there has like the symbol tattooed on his chest because that's how he shows allegiance. Like, he's it's something where he's gone. You know what? I'm going to have their mark tattooed on me because this is who I am. Like, this is how I show allegiance. This is how strongly for me my new family is going to be. I'm going to mark myself with the fish symbol on my chest, bright for everybody to see because that's you know that's kind of the life I come from. That's who I am. Yeah. And I think I think it's something where because no one from the fishermen's guild asked him to do that, but that's a fairly good indication of how dedicated he is to this. He understands what it is to have a family watch your back. And he's kind of gone from the gangs where that wasn't it at all to the FCD rookies where he felt, you know, for once I can let my guard down and I can actually be me and actually work out who I am. And now he finds himself stepping into fish. And more than all of the other rookies, he has this sense of, I know what I've got here. I'm not going to let it go to waste. He feels like he's, yes, the, his card is very good. Yep. You know, not, not saying it's not. But for me, he's one of those ones where I look at the art, I hear what Sherman's saying about him and I'm like, I just want to put him on the pitch. Just want to have him because I like him. In the way that I feel that, like when I play Iron, I like having Iron on the pitch. I feel better when he's on the pitch in a oh. sort of story sense. And I, yeah, Iron's a massive douchebag, though, right? Yeah, he's a prick. He's a big, ugly prick. <laughs> just like me. <laughs> I just no, so no one's disagreeing with you. Oh, no, you're not a prick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not even that big. But I am. <laughs> but I am ugly. Um, this, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I want Iron to be good in his core, and he's just, you know, <coughs> misunderstood. Wait. Yeah, thanks. That's it. He's misunderstood, Sherman. Yeah, because they think he's a prick. He's actually a f- utter bastard. <laughs> no, no, he's lovely, really. He's lovely, really. Is he, though? But back to my point. Yeah. Knuckles is one of those guys that I'm going to want to put down on the pitch for reasons yes. other than the card. Mm. 100%. What's all, yeah, what's always been really key for me is I, I like I like the narrative of a game as it unfolds. I like the... It, I like knowing that each person, each player I'm putting on the pitch is a character. It's not just a model representing a random set of stats. Mm-hmm. It is, to me, I am playing that character. I'm not just playing this piece of plastic which has these numbers attached to it. Sure. Because otherwise I wouldn't want to play. But lots of people would. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not at he's all discounting. Yeah, he's right over there, sitting in the corner, while we talk about fluff, wondering what the hell's going on. I'm not that bad. I know. No, we're taking no, no. My point so, is, there's loads of ways to enjoy games. None of them are right. None of them are wrong. Yeah, horses for courses, right? Exactly. Just yeah. play the game you want to play, and I just say, for me, I love that. So, talking of playing the game, we want to play it. Lane. Yeah, let's play the. Let's. Why don't we play the game a way that I don't want them to play it? That you want to play. I want to play football butchers. I want to play football butchers. And with Lane, (laughs) I can. Because I love him. Before you only had two strikers. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. now we've got three. Yeah. So, Sherwin, tell us about Lane. And why why you decided to go with the band reference. So, when we were first doing this, I, I kind of mapped out the story arc for where I wanted all of this stuff to go. And... The character that became Lane presented a very interesting challenge because one of the things that I don't think we've ever tried to shy away from, well, we, I, however you want to say it, have never tried to shy away from is is difficult subjects in Guild Ball. Mm. Um, yeah, we could talk about Grayscales, for example, as well as Lane, as two obvious examples. And we always try to be as sensitive as humanly possible with these things for obvious reasons. But at the same time, that shouldn't be a case of, look, we won't talk about this because... Yeah, we'll bury our heads in the sand and these are pressures that people don't have or these are things that don't occur. Because, quite frankly, they are. 
Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, after Thera, I, I mean, I was extremely touched, uh, very, very touched after Theron Origins being contacted by a couple of people who actually told me uh, that they served in the military and they actually really liked what they read with Theron Origins. And they, they sort of said, you know, when they stopped short a little bit of going kind of like, you know, you really get me, thank you. But they kind of voiced their thing of, you've really hit this right. You've got this exactly right in terms of this sense that I came back from fighting and I don't feel like I could talk to my family about anything and I feel really disjointed from a lot of stuff. And you really hit that tone exactly how it should be. Oh, um, wow. And, you know, that, which was really, really humbling. Yeah. I've got no other words for it. That was incredible. But so I knew that the lane character was always going to be a difficult one, you know, dealing with addiction and dealing with sort of abuse and that sort of stuff. It was never going to be an easy subject, but I think it was an aspect we wanted to tell as part of what the story is, because this is also something that's about adolescence. It's about growing up, and like it or not, that is an experience which a lot of people, and, yeah, I'm not asking anybody to come out and talk about that stuff, but a lot of people will absolutely be able to, they'll either know somebody who went through something similar or something, maybe they did themselves. Um, and it's something where it's not hard to see. Everyone knows that kid who was in school who was, you know, super popular or super, you know, successful or whatever they were, and then has a sort of shitty part to their story which no one ever saw, or alternatively, like years later, you discover that person did this or that or anything else. Yeah. And I kind of started looking at a lot of inspiration, much like Barry. I am. I was lucky enough to grow up. Uh, my my teenage years were kind of in the mid nineties, so I grew up listening to Alice in Chains, and. I kind of had Lane Staley in mind when I was first writing it, and I kind of went, you know what, that's fine. So the character was always called Lane, uh, much yeah. like Edge was called Chloe for the longest time in terms of the early bits before we actually started nailing down names. Yeah. And um, and I kind of just called him Lane, and he was Lane, and I kind of even sort of found myself subconsciously giving him that kind of, you know, the dreadlocks and sort of, you know, just the way I described him and everything else. And I definitely had that sort of idea that that kind of singer from a band kind of vibe to him. And then... At some point, it kind of just went, well, why can't it just be called Lane? Hmm. Like, it, it, it's, it's not a thing that it feels unnatural, it feels like it doesn't fit. Let's just call him Lane and go with it, because it seems to really fit in quite nicely. And at that point, it, it just is. Um, and we kind of went with it that way. And, of course, some people picked up on it. <laughs> so he, he says. And they really appreciated it, and that was nice. And... Um, I don't know. He was he was absolutely my favourite in the Free Cities draft. I think mm. I, I kind of I liked Edge a lot. I liked Blaine a lot. I mean, there's obviously various different ca characters were always. I, I I kind of have affection for all of them, but I think Lane is the one where I. The nice thing about Lane is the way he ended, right? Because when it was kind of going to, it, it seemed very obvious to go two ways. It was either going to be a butcher or it was going to be a mortician, and for me, it had very much a feel of. One way is the deepening, I could easily see it, it's the deepening, worsening kind of, at that point you start drawing a parallel between uh, being possessed by ghasts, because that was always going to happen, and also drug addiction and kind of going that direction if it's a mortician, yeah. versus we can really look at, well, the other way, I just played a whole bunch of God of War and loved the interaction <laughs> yeah. between Kratos and Atreus, right? Yeah, that's And exactly I kind of it. thought that would be amazing for what this is. I could really build this as part of the, because Ox is kind of this weird kind of, super positive father figure for Gilball, which is a very odd thing to say, considering <laughs> where he started out, but it's true. Yeah. Ox is kind of one of these very unorthodox kind of characters where you kind of have, actually, he's one of the best guys in this. He is scary like, he's scary dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he is, he's a scary dad figure. Yeah, and he's kind of, 
intensely loyal about his people yeah. and he will absolutely go fuck your shit up if you're getting in their face but at the same time he's not going to kind of you know treat anybody with kick gloves he absolutely is that's who he is he demands a certain amount of them but he yeah. does that because that's who they are right and um i think that have him having the father figure to kind of kick the addiction and move him on is, is perfect because yeah at that point he forms this little stable where you've got you know lane you've got gutter you've got ox they all fall into Ox's kind of crew that he's sort of already building within the butchers. Yeah. This sort of hardcore, which is cool, right? I like the idea that Ox is uh is like could kinda of be coming back. Like we don't know if he is or not, but there's a there's a little bit of you that goes, Yeah, Ox is starting to build up a crew around him again. He might be like re establishing his position within the guild because everyone in the guild still knows he's you know, he's the man. He might not be top dog anymore, but he's still a very key member of the guild. I think um, it's a character like Ox, even if he has gone away, you're not he's never gonna lose that gravitas, right? Yeah. He's always gonna have it. No matter whether he's captain or not, he's always gonna command respect and always gonna command people. Even new people joining the guild will be like, That's the man. That's like that's the legend over there. Absolutely. And I I really loved the So my attitude to Gilball in general is um this is just the way I see it, it's not necessarily the way everyone else sees it, but I think a lot of these guys agree with me. It's you start playing Guild Ball, you know, you get into it a little bit, you have some fun. You have to accept that if you want to get into it competitively, you're going to get stomped a lot at first. You, at first, you're going to bump up against people who are much better than you, and you're going to lose a lot. But every time you lose, you're going to get a little bit better. And then eventually, you'll be able to play on an even level with those guys. Because that's exactly what happened to me when I got into it after these guys, well after these guys have been playing. I, you know, I didn't win a game or even come close to winning a game for like 30, 40 games of Guild Ball. There's that moment in Lane's post Free Cities draft fluff where he Ox basically says to him, you're not going to train with these guys. You're going to fight her, pointing to Gutter. You're going to fight her, and like <laughs> she's not going to go easy on you. But you're going to get better. <laughs> but at first, she's going to kick you around, around a lot. And I really loved that, because in, to me, that was kind of the parallel for what I see Gilball as. She's a lot better than you. She's going to kick your dick in. But eventually, you'll be able to hold your own. Good luck. And then, I really like that. I think we always generally try to draw parallels as much as possible with um, some character. Well, we're actually playing the game and kind of on the table and also what it is. I mean, if, if you notice someone like Millstone, for example, by playing Millstone's character plays, you're effectively sharing instructions to your team. Yep. She's, she's designed specifically that way uh, in terms of the names, her abilities and stuff. And it's kind of a similar sort of vibe. I mean, if anything that evokes that sense of with the rookies of, hey, this is me and I feel like I'm lame just starting with the butchers or whatever, then that means we've succeeded in our goals, basically. So that's very kind of you to say. It's um, very nice. Can I ask, so Bleed the Cleats is Bleed yeah. the Freak? Blamely, yes. It so is. did you, you chose that? Why did you choose that reference? Uh, I needed it. So basically, if you can imagine, I... Desperately, desperately was searching for an Alice in Chains reference to throw into this. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's just not, it's not something that lends itself very well in terms of song titles. Like, I found a couple of random lyrics and stuff, but they tended to be like from a verse that no one's really truly going to remember. It's really obscure and it didn't really work. Yeah. And I, um, and I eventually landed on Bleed, the, and when I eventually got the final document through from, uh, because I generally, Matt and I generally tend to do most of the naming part stuff, because obviously creative team versus, <laughs> you know, deaf guys. Mm -hmm. And um, I got, I kind of looked at it, and I went, okay, Bleed the Freak really works there, because obviously that's what he's doing, he's bleeding somebody, right? And I kind of submitted it over to Jamie and Bryce, and then immediately got this call from Bryce going, yeah, we don't like that. Like, that, like, 
we that feels really weird and odd and i'm not sure that really suits anything and i i must admit i kind of went yeah you're right and we sort of had a chat with matt and matt was like well how about cleats cleats is another name for studs right bleed the cleats it kind of sounds like that and i'm like that's good enough for me that's fine that's gone <laughs> and um and apparently lo behold it fits in quite nicely so cool yeah it's got it's got a very nice ring to it i agree um so we actually haven't talked about his card. We should talk about that a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. I love it. I can't wait to see Gubbs tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. The I am a bit nervous, actually. Gubbs is going to absolutely explode. I really... So, I there don't wish There's rumblings of how can you give Butchers the be- one of the best strikers in the game. <laughs> oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> um, are, we, are we allowed to mention at this point things that happened at the... Um, the uh, Test day, like, the I don't know. Day. I think we no. can because it's happened, right? By this time, they'll have the model out. Is that okay? Shall say, we? Do you know? <coughs> I would not have a clue. I say oh, technically uh, you're not. Yeah, as you say, technically you're not because you signed the document. Okay, lay lost things that think, uh, make it safer. Yeah. As far as from other perspective, you shouldn't talk about it in case they want to use that in any future things because it's still technically their idea. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Lane had some stuff which was which made him, in my opinion really very pushed indeed and he lost those things so now I just think he's a very now very good fantastic. player um, he's got a tackle dodge momentous on one effectively sorry, tackle dodge one damage momentous yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 sorry I thought <laughs> the greatest result you on anybody's ever playbook ever yeah they, they, I think Bryce has mentioned Ooh, about that. Bryce mentioned that the reason for the the was it a magic touch where he gets to tackle on every result? Yeah. The reason for that is because it it got out of hand to try and put three things in one play book result mm. bubble, so they gave him that rule partly yeah. to get around that, um, but also partly. It was also super thematic, right? It feels like he's just super skilled at anything he does. It feels amazing. Amazing. It also makes it a may, unlike having the tackle in the bubble. So you yeah. don't have to take the ball light if you don't want to. Oh, interesting. That's yeah, a good yeah, point. True. And I, I would say that, that what it does function to mean is non <laughs> it's non momentous, but he has a tackle double dodge on two. Oh, I love it. It's <laughs> so good. Well, you're forgetting the part where he ignores, like, if you've got close control, the lane doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, of double tackles. So like, good. How do you declare counters against Lane if you're a footballer? You just don't. You Especially if he like, charges. Well, <laughs> well crowd you're going to. I suppose if you declare you hope. You hope that it's the time that they fluff. That's it. I'll take I mean, acrobatic for free. <laughs> it. He, he's fast. With the If he's not knocked down or anything and he gets the free acrobatic from Ox, he's running 10. He's shooting 8. I mean, oh, he he is brilliant. I'm, I'm starting to look at what country he's in to see like in the World Cup what sort of teams I can make build yeah, around him. Or, uh, yeah, he is paper. Yeah, oh yeah okay yeah fine. 4.013 yes I'll be honest a lot of these I mean we'll come on to them at least three possibly four of these feel quite glass but to be I mean he is a butcher so they're meant yeah. to be glass functionally it never seems to work that for me but if, yes. he, if he if he had a point of armour I think it would be insane like I would have li- uh, like I'm just being greedy here but I wanted Edge to have at least one more hitbox no I wanted her no. to tickle over into the 14 where she's 4.0 but, but yeah, no, the, he's, he, he's, he's going he down gone. to a stiff if you, breeze. If you get to him before he's done things, he's gone. Yeah. And you can now, with your opponent's um, aid, roll like 70 dice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, what, the kick, the kick dice, yeah. I mean? Yeah, if kick you dice. Just, your opponent just clip in and out of your uh, 
and just party blow all the time. You can roll like <laughs> 70 to 100 dice. It's great. So, like, turn one, we all walk into lane. Turn two, we all walk away from lane. He gets all those party blows. And then he does his three attacks. And then he shoots. And we see how. That's what. Uh, well, I mean, let's, let's play this more conventionally because your opponent's not going to give you that. You're rolling, an 11, <laughs> you're rolling an 11 8 kick, is what you're actually yeah. doing. That's yeah. the yeah. way of doing it. Yeah, that's it. Eliminate. And it with, seems solid. With the Berserk and the Furious off a of vet ball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But like, I, bro- I think the question is, is whilst you don't need an 11-8 kick, it's something where, it is you will understand this, you want to do it because you want to be the guy exactly. that did it. Exactly. Yeah, you want to be the first guy to drop 11 I mean, no, kick done. No, 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 you want to be, be the first, first guy to miss. miss. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest thing on Lane's card, I think, and you probably can't quite see it, but it's, uh, I, I doubt, this may have gone over people's heads, I'm not sure. So if you actually look at Lane's artwork, mm. he's holding his knife like it's a microphone. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that's good. I did miss that. That's good. I thought you were going to say Mom 2 on 2. Shoot. Oh, that is good. I like that a lot. But the model doesn't reflect that. That might that might be an interesting uh, future release showing. Yeah. Please, can we have a limited edition Lane Popstar edition? Popstar? Oh my god. That would be the best model ever. Correct. It literally would be amazing. That would if be only good. there was a pack that had ultimate sculpts and that refreshed every year. Yeah. Mm. Make it so. Interesting. I do, I do quite like... Uh, I don't know if you've seen, though... Um, uh, uh, David Cameron, not that one, is uh, adamant that he wants an Iron Man-inspired Locus. <laughs> okay. Uh, he had the idea for the Hulkbuster suit, which I immediately renamed to the Skulkbuster suit. Okay. So we so, want like a, a slightly beefed-up Locus in like Iron Man-style armor as well, as another alternate model. Who knows what the resin engineers will bring? Yeah, I mean, I assume Sherwood's writing all this down. <laughs> oh, mm. Obviously, Sherwood uh, but... doesn't. Sherwood doesn't need to write this down, having seen things. So. Oh, hello, Vicar. Because engineers resins, I'm fucking excited. I'm actually considering buying the engineers resins when they come out because I think they'll be really sick and I love. Annoyingly so am I. I'm going back and buying all the teams again. (laughs) (laughs) I've got them all in metal now. I want to sit there and I want Morts because I want to repaint mine, and I want engineers because I want to try and remove it again. But back back to lane real quick. Yeah, really good. Yeah. He feels... I don't think there's any way we can say... He feels brilliant. He feels really strong. Am I missing something? Because he just seems very, very good. In uh, a team... Four that, nothing and 13 boxes is not good. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I think... really not good. Maybe that's just because I... I suppose with my blacksmith with my apprentices, I, I suppose I'm used to, like, sending apprentices in to die. Why? What? Yeah. yeah. I think you've been doing it wrong. That's why I don't win anything. Yeah, but that's like what you do is you sit in a bubble of sentinel and you go, you can hit my four two, but nothing will happen. And now you're here, and I've got eight on eight. But when I go on a goal run, I kind of sat, I go right. Alloy scored. Yeah. He's, he's dead. And Alloy's better protected. See, I don't like doing that because you've given them two points, and they might be able to get four for the gold as well, and then you're mm, six four down. Possibly. But he, <laughs> why would I, you score until you've got to eight points, Barry? Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, I'm um, just saying that. It's the horrendous way I do it. Because you're using brisket and then you get silly amounts of influence. The scatter crucial team. Yeah, that's, that is naughty. When, like, it's, <laughs> we, it's, it's the vet ball where if you've yeah. scored once with brisket turn two and you've got a plus one influence card turn two, you can fully stack your team except for the mascot. Yeah. That's a lot of influence. So, 
Lane is the player that, when I looked at these, made me want to play the team the most. And yeah. as I've said, I have ne don't know why I'm sort of against it. I don't know why, but I have never played a game with Butchers. Now I, I cannot wait, and probably I'm going to play this Sunday. What's your team going to be? Lane and Brisket. Mm -hmm. Which one? Uh, sorry, um, O Brisket. So original okay. Brisket Lane. Vet Ox to turn on Lane's ability. And probably Vet Ball because I haven't like he's the new hotness. I want to see. Phillips a striker. She is, but she's not a two-inch melee. And the whole point is, I'm looking for goals, and I mean, I, he can switch me to two-two. Ball has a kickstart. <laughs> Shank or gutter. I mean, if, if you're looking, gutter. if you're looking at this from a thematic point of view, right? You want, you want uh, Phillips leading. Uh, mascot is your choice, whichever one you want pork, to go pork. with. There. I think I'll, pig. Go I'll go pig. Yeah. Pork. Yeah. You then go gutter. You go vet ball. You go lane, and I think that leads us with one one over. Are right. You two Can you play vet ball with Philip? He's playing regs. He means regular ball. I know. I mean, I, I, sorry, I start that again. Right, so <laughs> what have we got? We've got uh, Philip mascot to season lane, uh, vet ox. I should say. Sorry, that's where I went tripping go. up. Um, gutter. And then your last one is probably going to be cinnamon, veteran, veteran uh, brisket, maybe. So the problem with fillet is that I can't get to the eleven dice goal. No, but at the same time, Lane isn't probably fast enough to be able to go and get the ball and then get into scoring position without the extra speed buff. Maybe. Oh. Depends who you play at the club. Because you've got to think about Lane's threat range, right? If he's in within the range to, to walk up to someone and hit them, he's probably going to need to charge to get the extra distance to keep him safe from being murdered, right? Because he's sure, only got 13 sure. boxes and no stats. Okay, so... Vet Ox, Lane... Uh, Vet Ox, Lane... Cinnamon Shank? Oh, Cinnamon's a good shout. Because now, now Lane's got the speed buff, and you can... You can get your your kills are a given with with Boar and Shank. Your kills are a given. If you're going three O butchers, this isn't the team. But this is two two lightning quick. Because Lane gets a goal, maybe you lose Lane. Well, it's always finished by turn two. <laughs> well, this this game might be like this game is lightning. I like my games to finish activation one turn two. That's what I enjoy. I mean, to be fair, you could argue you don't need Ox, and you could put Brisket in to have another striker. I I think get on with it, boys. Too powerful not to have Ox. And that don't get me wrong. That three powerful. that auto three damage is just ugh. Him and yeah. Gutter like Gutter with Ox both doing that cheeky little three. Oh. I don't think you... At Vengeance, yeah. I got pooned by that badly. It was really horrid. Um, right. Yeah. Well, I was talking about fluffs. So, I mean, you guys talk about no actual numbers. Is <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, you're playing a different game to me. Oh, we're awful. We brought Shadow on to talk about fluff, and then we get to I think I will play that team, but it won't be my first team. Is that fair? Sure. Play, play, play whatever you want. It's crucially it. Mm. I'm just telling you that I, the way I'm doing it, and I, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. And you notice that I put brisket into my team. Yeah. That's a good point. That's wait. Right. What? Hang on. I want O brisket. No, want, no, no, no. He was saying it's a fluffy team. Wait. Oh yeah. Wait. What just happened? <laughs> Hang on. How did you? <laughs> how did you slide that one under the fence? What's going on here? Shenanigans. It's a fluffy team. Yeah, you're right. So let's move on to Amber. Or... No, 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 no. Backtrack it. So Gaffer. Uh, what's going on? So let's talk about Gaffer. Let's talk about Rich. I'm so confused. 
What is? So, I think it's better just having left like that. To be honest, no explanation. Let's go. Are, are we saying <coughs> Union of the Minor Church of the Major? She's leaving. She's coming back home. I'm Cats and dogs living together. That's hysteria. It's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay. the beard. The beard. Gaffer. Oh, I loved Gaffer, and I couldn't tell you why I loved Gaffer. See, whilst whilst there is actually a legitimate blacksmith in America who, if he listens to this, will be the first person to agree with you that if I go to SteamCon US, he may actually kill me. Um, <laughs> I've been did. told that if I go to SteamCon US next year, I need to like basically be inside a shark cage to keep me safe. Um, but Americans, like, <laughs> why, why there are people like yourself, and there are you know other people out there who weren't very happy with the Gaffer switch or the Gaffer thing that happened. Rich, by comparison, made. All of that irrelevant by being so happy. Yeah, I know. But like, we, me and Rich have chatted about this. Like, it was the hunter's move that made this happen. Yeah, it was the trap was sprung. Yes. Yeah, and oh, damn hunters, damn hunters. Yeah, but it was it was one of the it was it was the best thing that I think because obviously the FCD was completely done by you guys. There was no, there really wasn't anything we did to sort of change it around. Jamie Giblin and I, when we read the final results, it was really interesting. We kind of, like, Jamie kind of sat there and got all the results in from online. He went, oh, okay. And he looked at the music and like, well, to be honest, like, no surprises here. It all looks exactly the same. There's, there's literally Jamie Giblin and I. And I'm like, hang on a minute. I'll go get the board of what they've been writing all of the numbers on for, like, the games that we've played at Steam for the UK, right? So we sit down and we do it. And the grin on our face is growing, growing, growing. We're like, this is amazing. Like, they've done it. They've tipped the edge. And that's what it was. <laughs> So, in, like, fluff terms and fun terms, I cannot disagree. It was fun. Like, I think some someone said to me their best bit of Steamcom was me being a salty bitch when it was like, I'd lost it. I was like, no, no. And Rich was like, yeah. I think that was ours. Yeah, my Yeah, we were sat behind you. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what the draft should have been, this is exactly what it should have been. And it was good. Yeah. But yeah, the draft was the draft was my favourite, probably one of my favourite SteamCon moments so far. <laughs> yeah, we got it, so invested. It, we really did. It was really, really good. But I remember posting up like I think you might have mentioned to me like, oh, it's not looking as like I think I spoke to you on like in the morning on the Friday, when it was like, <clears> yeah, it's fine. It's a lot. It's a shoe in. And then a little bit nearer the time, you were like, I don't think it's going to be that close. <laughs> and then I posted on the Blacksmith's page, guys, get reporting games. Like, no, it's fine. It's locked in. I'm like, guys, it's, it's, it's not locked in, guys. It's not okay. It's not okay. And like, yeah. everyone was like, like, no one was interested. And still Matt was reporting Edge. Yeah. yeah. I reported one game for Edge. <laughs> <laughs> I reported a game for Edge. So, Back off. So, uh, this is what it tells you to Which leads one. into, how did Gaffer feel about switching to Mort's? <laughs> so I mean, the interesting part about Gaffer's, I think, as we saw in the story, Gaffer's big thing is obviously he always wanted to be a player, right? He's been like a pundit since forever. Mm. He's this guy who's followed the game. He's tried to at some point actually have a couple of games and that sort of stuff. Never really fit in, and he's kind of you know in his head he's kind of like this sort of old rookie or whatever else. But he's not yeah you know, this old sort of veteran of the scene or this other stuff. But he's really still a rookie sort of thing. And so I think he's sort of happy to be on any team, but. He's very confused because obviously, just like our actual real life, he kind of, you know, throughout the entire FCD, like we talked to his backstories, loads of envoys from the blacksmiths are coming to see him. It feels like it's a shoe in, like, oh, okay, so, you know, this is what it's going to be. Like, we're really interested in you. We really want you on site. Hasn't really had any contact from anybody else. And then when it actually comes to it, he gets this very mysterious script that says, hey, you've been drafted by the morticians. 
and he's got this strange kind of scroll unlike everybody else which is his contract and he's trying to read it and understand what it's all going and he's just like I thought I was going to the blacksmiths at which point Cutlass goes I'm a blacksmith like oh, okay uh, well, I guess some, I'm not then and then some bald bloke down the road starts screaming in agony and in anger and like, no one has <laughs> yeah, any idea so, what's going on uh, I'm fat and bald thank you Matthew <laughs> yeah so, so at this point, he kind of finds himself like travelling off to go see them or whatever else. And at some point, obviously, the gaffer that arrives with the morticians isn't the gaffer that left to go and see the morticians. Mm. Is probably the way of saying it. Ooh. Okay. So, the ghast ghost. Yes. Hanging on his shoulder. So, how has that manifested? Are we going to get a story about gaffer being haunted, effectively? Well, you've already kind of had that yeah. from the, yeah, uh, the from epilogue. The, from the epilogue. And so, did you did you guys uh, see the subtitle? Because you will have done by now. Uh, did you see the subtitle that we gave to Gaffer? Because uh, obviously, all of our all of our players have subtitles, right? They all have a title that goes on. Oh, after. I don't know it for Gaffer. No, oh, no, I don't. So, Gaffer is Gaffer, a ghast veteran. As as in the word aghast. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Which I thought was, which is puntastic, right? Yes, yeah, puntacular. I fully, I fully approve. Strong work. So um, he's three, one, two, three. Like, attack five. Oh, attack yeah. I can see, I can hear the maths book here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But maybe if we get a veteran, yeah, who knows? Maybe we just do get a second ghast. <laughs> so like, he puts on the mask, and it's like mask. So, like, suddenly Somebody's he's possessed by the spirit of Jim Carrey and, like, he goes yellow, <laughs> green face. <laughs> Ultimate form. Yeah, hair grows out. Well, actually, I'm thinking more like, I could easily imagine, like, a gar- I could imagine a gaffer wearing the mask, like, big, long dreads, maybe bleach, like, you know, uh, kind of, you know, standing there with, like, some bone saws in his hands, that sort of stuff. <laughs> I've like got time for that. So maybe, like, another one of the organised playback models could be a mask, a mask gaffer, a gas gas gaffer. So let's start with the most controversial uh, piece of his card. (laughs) Handy listeners such as you are. Rich Rich is so happy about this, and I don't blame him at all. It's brilliant. Why did you decide to honour him in this way? Because he did more for this character during the Free Cities draft than anybody else, I think, during any of the Free Cities draft. Brilliant. And it's, I think it's, it's a fair thing. Like, he always pushed for this. The, the Free Cities draft thing was, it was such a nice thing that Rich, Rich does an awful lot for our community. He's a Agreed. super, super positive guy. And um, he just, yeah, he's, he's done a lot, of, especially with the Free Cities draft, um, like story stuff. Uh, sorry for the Empire, uh, sorry, the Empire Free Cities oh, stuff. Oh, of course. He's done so much stuff like that. It's it's a very nice nod that we could give back to him. And it's also the fact that this is the character which he very much took as his own mm. and everything else. And I think it was just a nice thing that we could throw in there, to be honest, um, that you know, it doesn't really cost us anything or doesn't really... It's all goodwill. And Absolutely. In the same way that he's sort of given that to us, it's very nice for us to be able to give something back to him. Yeah, well, it's, we, it's we really it. nice. Yeah, yeah it's the really audio good. stuff nearly got me interested in fluff. Yeah, that was what was impressive. Nearly yeah. do better. Though. Yeah, ne- nearly. So, Rich, yeah, you really need to speed. step come it up. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I think he's really nice. I like his little face. I went and played games with him a couple of weeks ago. He was, oh, he was so good. Um, <coughs> so, the card. What, I, what, I, I, no, 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 no. I want to hear a little bit more about Gaffer in the Morts first. Okay, so, of course, Gaffer in the Morts. Because in his epilogue, he's kind of got... You've got the wisps of ghast, 
mm. there in the background. Is is this now? Is Garst haunting him? Is Garst possessing him? Has Garst? I would just... say. I would say probably more like it's early stages possession. Okay, so it's the first tendrils of Garst's spirit have sort of mm. taken root, but there's still Gaffer in there, but flashes of. Well, if, if vision, if you if you will, you've kind of got careless whisper is very much a Gaffer kind of slightly malicious, uh, sort of a Gaffer thing. If you kind of turned his strength to a bit of evil kind of thing, yeah, and the knowledge is all Gaffer. And obviously, legendary play is definitely still Gaffer. It's rich, isn't it? Um, and then I'd say Red Fury is a little bit more like sort of, you know, Garth's spirit flowing around nearby and kind yeah. of influencing him and the others around him. And I think it's more like Gaffer at this stage is a node for what Garth's ghost wants to do. Okay. okay. So how how is um, Gaffer interacting with the captains that are alive? Do you know, I don't know. I don't know. Gaffer is entirely himself. I don't know. He's like full-on zombie or anything. But I'm pretty sure he's just kind of much more accepting of these things than anything else. It's worth putting out. I mean, obviously, the morticians are in an interesting spot, right? Because you've kind of got Scalper, who's got everything she wants, and she's now, you know, no longer a lieutenant. Now she's a captain, but she's a captain in name only because everyone's paying attention to Morn instead. Mm. So that's an interesting dynamic. The sort of it's still early days. Yeah, the creepy child is the big dog. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, he feels like in a Morn team, just to go back to that, he feels good with the all the tax and stuff. Um, it, I don't know, where, I might have asked you this before. Morn, she, she is a ghost, right? A spirit. Who knows? <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you do. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if you're getting anything more out of him. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like in terms of Morn, right? You guys all got a spoiler for Christmas that no one paid any attention to, so I could say whatever I want about Morn at this stage, and no one's paying attention to. Everyone found out about Morn like months before the actual free cities, before the new captains were dropped. Yeah, but we so we knew something about a creepy child, but we didn't know. <laughs> What she was or what was going on. The Christmas article had hashtag canon, hashtag or is it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So is it an element of Gaffer that he just wanted a place so bad that he doesn't actually care where he's going? I think there's a degree of that, but I also think it's something where, again, think of Gaffer as he's no longer completely... If you imagine that Gaffer's kind of... Anytime that doubt of why am I here or what am I doing, kind of you can imagine Garth just bulldozes that and it's kind of, you know, just cast that out of mind. Like, forget about that. Eyes on the prize. So keep going. This is what you're doing. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I do really like the art where he's kind of got this kind of confused, inquisitive look about he looks looking at the mask. Like, he's a, there's it's a little a bit of him which go... Which, yeah, I think it's a mask, isn't it? He's holding? No, I thought it was yeah, a bit it's of Gar's mask. Oh, yeah, I thought it was a playbook. Oh, I thought it was, it was a playbook. Oh. No, he's holding Gar's mask. Oh. That's the point. Well, I can't see on this side. This oh, picture. fair enough. I, yeah, like, yeah. I thought it was a book. Oh. Okay. Maybe it's because we haven't seen the model. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have. It may have been hard to see. There were pictures on the Steam yeah, on the media. I'm, I'm not so anyway. Okay. But yeah, it's the fact that he kind of looks confused, and in, but at the same time inquisitive. And there's, I don't know, I'm, I'm reading into obviously what I want to, but there's a part of it that part of his consciousness, the part that is gassed, recognises it, and the part that is gaffer is confused why he's so drawn to it. Okay. That's how I'm reading it. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> I can I can hear the sarcasm. Um, who's Gaffer based on in your head? So it's interesting. We di- I didn't really have anything for that. It's uh, 
So I didn't really have anything for that. It's kind of an amalgamation of that. It's very easy to imagine that person who always kind of sits in and puts, makes himself feel like a veteran. The only um, in that situation, I did take a couple of, of uh, pointers for him. There's um, are any of you guys WWE fans? Uh, I have been in my time. I watched it as a okay, kid. So there's there's a uh, in the Mick Foley autobiography who go was mankind. He's yeah. talking a lot about when he's at wrestling school, and there's this guy whose name I cannot recall off the top of my head. But basically, he's like, some guy's come into this thing later on, and he's like, sort of, you know, late 30s, 40s. And he kind of insists on calling everybody kid and talking like he's a real veteran. And don't worry, kid, it's going to be okay. You know, everyone everyone sucks in their first match or whatever, yeah. And the guy's like a one-match veteran. Like, he talks a good game, but he's actually got no experience more than the rest of them. Or even less, actually, than the rest of them. But that's just who his identity is. And I kind of had that as Gaffer in my mind. Um, sort of, that's the only real nod I could honestly say with that. A Gaffer was more something where we just wanted to take an old, vet- an old veteran uh, sort of character and give him a bit of a different spin. Um, okay. I'd happily say that Rich kind of ran away with it and sort of absorbed that one himself. <laughs> yeah. He possessed. He added, he added to the character. He gave, he gave him his own. Very much so. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we could talk a little bit about um, what I, you think about Yeah, my reticence is based on the fact that I don't know much about Mort. I've only had a few games of Obulus, to be honest. It feels like his high end is so high end. Like, mm. when you get the gaffer situation, he's going to own games. Yeah. But he is also, like, 16 health boxes, 3-1. Mm. Has to be within four inches. Yeah, to careless whisper. whisper, yeah. Yeah, and four inches of this target to Red Fury, which is still relatively close. And it's going to feel so bad when you miss Careless Whisper. Oh, yeah. So yeah. bad. Yeah. 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 And it's on four successes, it's on four which isn't exactly... I appreciate Mort's can manipulate scrums quite well. And, and got, have tag buffs. And you've got the Mord re-roll if you need it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is... He, he feels like a Mord... Player to me, just yeah. to make Captain Gas, to make Captain. Well, um, he feels like a Mormon player, or he feels like someone that substitutes in when you play scalpel, and he fulfills what Mourn was doing for certain other players. So, like, <coughs> yes, if you do play Mourn and you do play Gaffer and you get plus one, plus one, plus like, plus, 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 Gas does become a machine. Hmm. But let's be honest, Gas with just plus two yeah. and a couple of crowd outs, still fucking good. Yeah. So you're getting to play scalpel to push everyone into position to get Gaffer at the end on that knockdown model or whatever to then put the careless whisper on and then you explode next turn. Yeah. Like Gas doesn't need plus four attack and everything else. It's lovely if he does have it but you know you don't need that. So I like but, him as an idea that I don't have to play Morn to be able to turn Ghast into a yeah. beast. Yeah. I can play Captain Scalpel Captain Ghast by just enabling it with Gaffer. I like that as an idea. And let's not forget, Barry, for you, if you play Gaffer, Pelage, and uh, and Captain Morn, you can get Morn to, cap- to tag 10. She can go on her goal runs then, can't she? Hooray! <laughs> and you can run Fury so she doesn't have to spend her own influence tackle on Yeah, there you go. You can hit that Mom 2 on her. I, well, I mean, <laughs> I would have both thought. It's fine. It yeah. does feel like that he needs a lot of two-inch friends to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you want you want Gaffer, and then you want Skulk, Vetgraves, and Garth. And he's he's like, fine, I'm in the scrum. I can yeah. hand out my whispers, and nothing's <laughs> going to hurt me. You just feel like he's sitting behind Casket and um, yeah. Garth, walking around, going plus two. <laughs> to, uh, instead, he goes right at the end. He goes next turn, you're fucked. <laughs> to uh, to hop back to an old Bill Bailey joke, you've got uh, Gaffer is very much the little kid following the bully around. So Garth goes up to other players and goes, "Give us the ball, or I'll smash your face in." And then Garth leans right. Ra- uh, Gaffer leans around the back and goes, yeah. <laughs> Shaking his fist, going, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that, yeah. yeah. So that's what he is. Him and Casket, 
are quite interesting, I think, in terms of just trying to enable Casket to it, get that three. If you whiff Casket time, he does give oh, you an out. Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. roll that last second yeah. and they don't die, I you're like, still, oh. I can still Red Fury to get you in the box, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many, we've all played, like, I well, I've played against Casket quite a few times where it's like, they have just missed it by one, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and then Gaffer just goes, "Yeah, you're still in the fucking box." You're still box. in the fucking box. I think last time I tried to play against Casket, they tried to put hoist pre-nerf in the box. Also, yeah. not a human, so it definitely doesn't work. No, no, yeah. I, I, I understand yeah. this. I was fine with it. <laughs> no, interesting, interesting. He, yeah, so he's one of those ones that I, because of me being bad, I'm. Sh- I can't fully there. see all the brilliantness of him. I'm struggling to see past the Captain Graves, Captain Gast. The other thing is that we've not talked about yet is the knowledge, which I yeah. think is amazing. I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. It lets you, while you manipulate this giant, horrible two-inch scrum, which maybe doesn't have all the good footballers in, when you put those up to eight-inch kicks, they might not have necessarily the best dice to get in there, but they're going to be able to take shots if you need them. Yeah. 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 Well, the other player you're missing out on who could benefit a lot from this is uh, Memory. Yeah, yeah it, to have a four six kick. I I uh, must say I forgot me. about him. <laughs> if this wasn't your house, I'd tell you to get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I honestly now thought that you just like okay, yeah, the plus kick. I also like the idea of just rescuing memory. Can memory? <laughs> can memory get the the buff from Morn? Can go on memory, can it? Or can it not? Yeah, because I keep forgetting because memory's like technically attack not a player. Attack seven memory. Attack. Oh, oh attack, attack, attack I'll agree that, yeah. that involves BPM being in my twelve, but fine. <laughs> Brain pet. Well, the rich, for example, does absolutely love BPM, so I can see the beard playing BPM and Gaffer together. Uh, he's fine to carry on doing that. I really <laughs> like Gaffer sitting into a scalpel team. Like, I, the more I see it, the more I like the idea of it. And it's that, as you say, like Gaffer can die, so you've got the other out of scalpel that oh, I fucked that up quick. Attack, yeah. scalp, no, pull, pull someone out. No, that's why you play Morn, because then Gaffer doesn't technically die. No, but at that stage, I'm still <laughs> giving away the VP. I know, but I don't want to play scalpel. I like Obulus and Morn. Gaffer does work as a second brain pan, just like. <laughs> I want to play two brain pans in one memory. Yeah. Really weird interpretation. I think Brain Pan and Memory is one of those players I've always, that I've tried. I think two, three games, and I just was like, oh, I don't like the thing with Mortz is you've got to be good, <laughs> and I need <laughs> more practice with them to to make that shit work. The thing I felt with when I was play, after I played a couple of games with them is I don't think I could play a full tournament of them because it would just drain me. Like I found them so intensive to play. Yeah, compared to when I played the Masons at the most recent event, I knew exactly what I had to do and I knew exactly where my stuff was going, and it felt so much more fluid. I'd played both the teams the same amount of time, and I was a lot more comfortable sitting in and playing. Which is how they're designed. More to one of the highest skill ceiling guilds, aren't they? That's the thing. They're they're one you have to really invest time in and and you know really learn how to. Just point to Corbelli and Ball. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I was. (laughs) Um. Does anyone want to say anything else on, on Gaffer before we... we I wish on? he was a blacksmith, that's all I'll say. Oh, he hasn't mentioned that before. This is a really new thing he's bringing yeah, up here. He's going to have two yeah. armour. And can you imagine Red Fury Apprentices? I, re- oh, I really like the idea of the, the legendary not So you have to choose when you take off the Whisper Token. So you're sitting there and going, well, he's dead next turn, so it's fine. So I'll take the Whisper Token off and I'll put it on someone else. And then you're rolling to try and kill that model and missing because you yeah. haven't got plus two power. Then <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting there going, my world is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So, are any of us thinking of playing Mortz because of him or giving them another shout? Because we're not yeah. really Mortz players. Mortz. I want to buy. The, well, um, can you buy the resin Mortz? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got them over there. Turn well, them sorry. again now. Oh, all right, I'll, I'll order them tonight then, and then I'll give them a go. Mortz are back in my case. My Mortz team have gone in my case now. I've got blacksmiths have gone out. I forcibly excised them. Yeah. Well, no. Well, you, you, you just helped me see that, that like I needed to step away from them for a yes, bit. You did. So, Stop it for, to people at the club. <laughs> is, is that what you mean? Stop it. Eight. Enough of your four. Yeah, enough <laughs> of your four two stat lines of mom eight. Enough. Well, every time you try and play, you have blacksmiths in the case. You just go. Well, I could just play that. Yeah, because I had like I had my hunters and my brewers in the case, and they never came out because the blacksmiths were in there. So now I've got brewers, hunters, and morticians, and I'm mainlining steel jaw. But the the morticians are in there because I'm really I'm more curious. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I didn't know if Gaffer made you more Morticians. It curious. wasn't Gaffer, it was Morn. No, okay. I need to find my case, but then I'll try and find the Morticians and put them in, yeah. I guess. Cool. So, Dan, you were an Amber Gambler. I, it wasn't really a gamble. It wasn't we, a gamble, we, it was a, <laughs> yeah, we're having Amber. F- farmers all the way, right? They won everything. Do you want to lead the charge? No, I just like Amber. I'm really happy that she was doubting herself and then she got picked up by the championship team and Yay. she's a good person and the farmers are good people and that's what it's we like. So wholesome. It's a wholesome, lovely it's story. so yeah. wholesome. And it's... I like the cultural exchange with Amber and Fleet. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, I love that. Um, yeah, that the um, yeah Amber from the brewers yeah. to the farmers and Flea from the farmers to the brewers so is good. Amber was kind of the FCD superstar. She was the protagonist. She was she? the hero, heroine. I don't know what we're meant to say these days. Um, was she based on anyone, or was she? Because she sort of appeared earlier. Her name had appeared earlier, hadn't it? So yeah, yeah. No, she was. Um, she wasn't. She was a character that actually we'd already created uh, around the time of season three. Um, so she was of all of these. She was the one who was most fully formed uh, when we started out, and that's why she really became the protagonist because she was the leaping off point for the rookies, right? Mm. Um, so very much that's where she came. Well, her and poor Tombstone. Um, Tombstone. But... Oh yeah, got eaten by Gar- got eaten graves. by Graves, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> Rip yes. Tombstone. Yeah. So uh, that, that's that was. Never I mean, forget. that's around about the time we originally first started discussing rookies um, as a thing. And uh, so she kind of got made there, and because for whatever reason it didn't quite work out at that point, she was always kind of put on the back burner a bit. Um, but yeah, the, the, I'm, I'm pleased that we got to have. Amber, she is, and I, she feels a lot like what I envisioned she would be as well, which is good. Oh, nice. So, is she, I mean, I you have to imagine that, like she was in the fluff. She's she's absolutely chuffed. She's loving that she's gone to this team. She's kind of got a new family. Like the, the, the it was really heartwarming the bit where Friday gives her the small pit of the cut the cut to sort of say, you know, you're moving on, but you are. Still part of what part of us? You're still one of us in a way, and the fact that she's going from one very tight knit family that still she has a connection to, even if it's a more distant one now, to what is essentially another family, I really like that for her because I feel like she wants to be part of a family. Well, I think it's you're gonna get a spoiler in a bit. Um, I think it's I think it's something where with with Amber, it's very much a. The Friday connection is something that she should definitely pay attention to because it's something where she kind of looks at Friday and sort of has this thing where I was always growing up and I always wanted to impress the people in you know, in the Brewers Guild and I always wanted to be one of them and I was always wanted to be on side and all this other stuff. And, and it kind of gets to this stage where she realises 
I still feel in that sort of same way that young people look for acceptance from their peers, right? And look for acceptance from the cool kids. She's kind of got that thing where she's sort of sitting around. You can imagine they're all in the drunken seamstress and kind of, you know, the others are all talking their thing and talking shit about each other or whatever else. <laughs> and suddenly like, you know, a random gang fight happens and suddenly Tapper marches them all out and off they go. And she's kind of sitting around awkwardly, like sort of laughing at people's jokes and not really want to say anything to herself to draw attention, that sort of stuff. doesn't really feel like, yeah, she's kind of part of the family. But she's not in the sense that, you know, she, she's not equal. She doesn't feel like she's got her own sort of position or role or own voice. Okay. Whereas as soon as she then joins the Free Cities Draft guys, she starts to understand exactly what that is. It's very much a coming-of-age story. So by the time she gets to the, fish, uh, the farmers, not only has she kind of been adopted by a family that seemed a little bit less overtly um, aggressive or a little bit, <laughs> you know, a little bit less cliquey, she's also got this idea that, you know, I'm now much more confident about myself so I can actually sort of jump into this thing. Yeah, because, you know, she obviously, throughout the free series jump, we see that she has quite a low opinion of her own, not just her own ability as a player, but her, herself as a person. She's she's not really sure who she is. She's not sure she likes who she is. Um, but then, yeah, she, by the end of it, she's kind of, she's she's grown and she's developed and now she's she knows how she's got a better idea of how good she is in the field she feels like she's earned that position as the first pick of the draft um which is yeah it was really lovely to see now you mentioned a spoiler <laughs> so the interesting part about amber is that idea you talk about family mm-hmm. so this idea that she's left one family behind her and now she's joined another family uh amber has literally left a family behind her mm-hmm. Okay. She's from Mauled, so that could be pretty much any of them. Well, no, that, it's, it's, it's weird because there is the the um, mix in there. Is she a daughter? She is a daughter of <laughs> that other player. She, she, or... <laughs> you she know could what have I been mean. At least. She could have been at least. <laughs> Why did you mention she's somebody's daughter? Yeah, that's, that's, that's in my mind. I, I was like, I can answer that one. Yeah. No, Amber, Amber is somebody's daughter. That's all you're getting from me. Oh. I've, kind of, I've kind of talked a little bit about this. Some of the guys on the uh, the fluff guys are sort of trying to work out which one of the uh, Free Cities drafts players are related to somebody else. Now, sounds like Rick. I know you're not going to give us anything more. I'm still going to take some puns. Now, the obvious, <laughs> the obvious guess is that it's Tapper's daughter. No, it's not Tapper. But is that too obvious? That's my point. We'd know if it was Tapper. But, uh, so, I want it to be Spigot, and then there's an additional reason for the link to Friday. Okay, so, I'm saying it's Stave, and that's why she left in the first place, because like it's like, oh no, it's a nightmare. So, not Stave, I don't mean Stave, I don't mean Stave, Fire Guy. You, well, you, Stoker. You think Stoker. she's Stoker's daughter? Yes. Right, she's, so definitely she's definitely not Stoker. I was going to say, should we play uh, Mordish people in the Brewers? Oh, okay, yeah. We've got Corker. <gasps> Ooh. We've got Tapper. <laughs> Sorry, that's just a, such an amazing response. We've got Quaff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> no, daughter of a bitch. You've got Friday, daughter of a Daughter of a Creeper. <laughs> okay. Ho- Hooper's one, is it? Yeah. Uh, Pipe Pop, who is also ginger by the look of it. But he's young. I don't. Young people can have kids. This not just, this not just the, the same age as Spigot is the incorrect nationality. Oh, okay, but she could have been born in Mold. True, true, true. Uh, Stave is also Mold. Question, yeah. Sherwin. 
Are in your head when um, they're given a nationality? Do you base it on where they're born, where their parents are from? <laughs> so would it be? That's why. That's why. Parentage. That's why all of Pim Vice's Mechanica are uh, the same nationality. So. So it's parentage. Oh. So w- that could mean that her mother is mauled, and her mother might be unknown. Uh, if you're gonna be like, yeah, I think he's Corker. It's I'd like him to be Corker. That'd be pretty cool. I do like that. Sherwin is a Corker. Sherwin is a Corker. <laughs> I will tell you, it's definitely not Friday or Pinpot. Uh, Pinepot. Pinepot. <laughs> so she's but not so Friday. So Quaff is not out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It could well be Quaff. Cool. Oh, well, we look forward to that reveal. <laughs> no, nice. I'm, now I really want to know and I'm really annoyed that I don't. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so... I don't, I don't know if I have too many more questions about Amber's fluff now, because I'm really, we, now we, I'm fixated. Well, I feel we learned, we got to know her the best. We did. Over the stories. I feel like... It's worth putting out, I should stress, Amber doesn't know who her father is. As oh, far as she's mm. concerned, she never had a father. Okay. So this is an individual that obviously was her... Does the father dad. know? <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Oh. And is that why Corker has now joined the Brewers? But did she to did, hang did out Corker, with his daughter? No, but did Corker Corker joined after she left. Corker turns up. Where's uh, oh? Where's where's, <laughs> where's my daughter? Why is the barber down? And where's my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a really bad first day. It's like that scene in Community where, where Troy comes back into the room and everything's on fire. <laughs> like what the fuck happened here? Oh, oh Jesus Christ! Good ow, veteran like Amber it. back in Brewers. No, no, I keep her in farmers. Yeah, let her stay in the farmers. I love that she's wearing the bit of the cut though, as like yeah. a uh, like a like a tabard loincloth type deal. Is it called a cut or is it a coot? I don't. I, I, it's a cut. Get... It's like a motorcycle gang cut, right? Because they're a gang. Culture. I don't know. That's why I'm asking the that's, question. That's correct. It's it's cut. Yeah, it's just spelled differently cool, because that makes it look cool. Oh, okay. uh, actually, that's, no, that's, that's how motorcycle bangs actually spell it. Oh, okay. I, I assumed it was cut because it was like a, a denim or leather cut-off thing. That that shows how little I know about motorcycle gangs. Everything I know about motorcycle gangs, I learned from Sons of Anarchy, and they don't really address <laughs> yeah. that too much. So you're going to have them coming off you as well as the accused. Oh, shit. I'm going to do a Surrey gang culture. It's not something one has to worry about in Deepest Darkest Surrey, really. No, I know. Well, I mean, technically, <laughs> no, it's I'm just, from it's the, the Yakuza. Hang on, I'm from the Badlands of West Sussex, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive yeah. me. Like, easy. <laughs> Those downs really can be tricky, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Straightness and crawling. I'm basically living in Necromunda. I'm like, it's like, like the whole, where I live is just a purge 24-7. Sure. So. <laughs> the only fucking I, motorbike games we've run around here is fucking dominoes. That's about <laughs> I think it's the, fair to say, Dan, that you are hyped for Amber. Yeah. Are you going to be farmering now? Or unioning? Because I, there are so keep... many things I want to do. Mm. Like, I love farmers... I'm very excited for whatever the new captain is when that happens, because I don't like Thresher. Um, I'm I I love Yukai. I like Union. Yeah. And Cook's the most fun I've had playing Guild Ball. And you love Honor. And Honor is amazing, which is another reason why I love Farmers. Say. I have not not played Veteran Honor and Farmers. Because yeah. Which is anti netlist. Which I like. There's no such thing as the netlist. You know what I mean. Fuck netlist. So. Yeah, Amber's one of those players that we. It's gonna sound weird, but because she was kind of the the protagonist, I'm I'm off her. <laughs> so I want to. I don't know. 
She's just a solid, hard worker. Like her playbook is good. Her playbook is basically Tatum's. Tatum's got a completely fine playbook. She's the only um, rookie we've seen so far with a momentous result in every column. Yep. Isn't that because she's the farmer though? Isn't that the Not all the Reapers. She's a four pseudo five cap, which is great. Yeah. Her kick can go up to like four ten in Grange. Yeah, and that's for me. That's where this is. That's where she plays. And I love the combined tackle swerve shot. That's fantastic. Mm. It's the diving into the middle of a scrum. I'll have that, and then we're going out. Yeah, love it. With it, a, with a ten inch kick, yeah. the scrum is like miles away from the goal. You think the ball's safe? She's like, Nah, mate. I'm having this. Love it. But it's intervening models, not engaging. Yeah. You still drop the dice if you run into the yeah. physical yeah. scrum. But she's got a dodge on one, so and she can get. Like she's that. got left boot for the plus one plus two kick. Very relevant. Yeah. You know. I think I yeah. No. But literally, you're correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're 100 percent correct. But I take one dice goals on the five, so... You're fucking cool. And then I love that her <laughs> brewerness reasserts itself if someone on her team gets taken out. Yeah. Suddenly she's tacked seven with a 5-1 book. Yeah. In Farmers. That's it does really stand. Wait, hang on. What happened to no tag buffs? Oh, that's the first time. Go on. I, that's only, I've only just clocked that. What happened to no tag buffs in Have Farmers? Have you seen Plus one, plus one. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah, was okay. damage. And remember, there's momentous two on the first column of everything. As well. And then there's Bushel, who doesn't have momentous two on the first column. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Rules are made to be broken. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, I like she seems I like really her. solid. I mean, it, but I know I always say it, and I'm going to say it again. Um, two inch relief, tackle on two momentous, yep. which, which makes me kick around people. Thanks very much. I also like a 4 0 defensive stat in Farmers. Yeah. She's got 18 boxes. She's actually pretty chunky. Yeah. yeah. 13, 19. She can take a fair bit of beating. And she actually has a Thresher, unlike Thresher. Yeah, thresh, Thresher who doesn't have a Thresher, but she has a Thresher. Yeah. She seems just a really good, solid player. Yeah. She's good farmer. The touch to the Brewers is really nice. It's, she's great. She's, she's kind of nailed everything we needed from her to do from the Free Cities draft and going into her new team, I think. Yeah. What's the, the chat been on the farmers page? Because I haven't actually looked on the farmers page. Uh, we've not seen her. I don't know. We haven't seen her, but like people excited because like on a lot of the pages, people are like, "Oh, looking forward to my farmers player. page." Yeah. Really doesn't talk that much, as far as I can tell. We talked a lot during Fury Cities where we're like, "Yes, Amber." Well, I imagine when it's harvest time, yeah. a bit more chatting. But apart from that, we've got work to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, they they're up at like five a.m. and they don't get back until pretty late in the evening. They do bad hours. I mean, mostly, the only chat I've had with Amber is just me and Dom squealing over her. Like, <laughs> We're both very excited. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, is, that's all of them. That's all of them. So, Sherwin, are the, the players that we have in front of us here, the guilds they've gone to, were any of them where you wanted them to go? That's a good question. I mean, I, I, I genuinely was, to be honest, I was mostly interested in seeing where they all ended up. I didn't have, I didn't go into, it's interesting, we're talking to some people and they were going, I remember reading online some people were going, Oh well, that's obviously the butcher player, or that's obviously the yeah the fish player, or whatever else for their region. Which is weird because we just made a bunch of archetypes, threw them out in the wild, and said do whatever you want. Yeah. The only player that I thought was a real shoe in, as in this would be super easy to do, was following up was Amber to Brewers because Brewers walked away with the first, with the um, Union Chains campaign getting decimated. They they smashed it so hard. Yeah. And I I thought they'd just have a return to the same form again, and there was no way they weren't going to grab Amber. And for like about 10 minutes, it seemed that way. Um, <laughs> and then basically the brewers, the, the farmer's guild just decided, no, we're going to be proactive. We want our player. And this is what it is. And, and no it became very, them. very apparent. That, that and that just happens. 
Oh yeah, Union helped massively, didn't it? Yeah, the weird, the well, weird Union assist, like. Yeah, and it's something where I think, so that that was, I mean, that was a nice story to go with, but it's, I don't know, it's, again, Lane, I, I wasn't, I would have happily written whatever. Um, Lane going to morticians, I would have been a bit sad about because that basically gives Lane and yet another bad ending. Yeah. Um, so getting to fix that was nice. Um, but otherwise, I mean, all of the others were uh, pretty much, you know, whatever, to be honest. I don't mind too much. I was more happy that, and, and again, Edge was a happy coincidence, but the others were just, you know, happily right for wherever they're going. The other one was a real head-scratcher, to be honest, and it was undoubtedly because there was the late switch, was Cutlass into Blacksmith was a bit of a, how do we make this work? Yeah. Because yeah, that was that. that was really out of left field. But um, the rest, I think, were, and I feel that's genuine because... To be honest, in my head, I'd, I'd kind of, much like a lot of the blacksmiths, clocked, okay, so Gaffer's going there. And we already knew what we were going to do with Gaffer if he went to blacksmiths. So, yeah, we, we talked about that because that also seemed like a fairly dead cert. So, yeah. at that point, that was something where that was, uh, I think it was perhaps more kind of a case of, okay, so now I need to abandon and leave that behind. And sometimes it's a bit difficult to kind of get that fog out of your head, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, if you kind of envisioned where it's going. But no, ultimately... Um, I'm certainly not complaining where any of these guys are. I think all of them kind of made fun characters. Um, we are yet to do my favourite of all of these players, I should stress, Ooh. which is I am really looking forward to Nomad. Oh, okay. interesting. interesting. Is that driven from uh, design or is that mainly from uh, him as a character and what you've written for him? Uh, so being not driven from me as a character and what I've written for him, um, I love his model uh, and also... His rules are super fun, and obviously I've I've played engineer since season one. Yeah. Mm. So I've been an engineer player a lot longer than I've been anything else. So, <laughs> so so personal perspective, I'm I'm quite happy about seeing Mr. Jamie Gibbling come onto the pitch. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be super cool. If of your epilogues, I yes. think Nomad was my favourite. It like him talking with Ballista and like he felt like part of the guild. I saw a future for him. I, I was like, oh, I want I want this story to not finish. I wanted more pages of him and Ballista doing things and making the magic happen. That was my favourite one, I think. I did like that a lot. And what I honestly thought was going to happen was they were going to design a new Mechanica and that Mechanica was going to be a Mechanica captain. And we instead of Ribbit, we were going to have a third captain... For yeah, the, um, that was a theory we were bashing around. We for thought we thought we were going to get a mechanica captain, which was the one that Ballista and Nomad had designed together. And I was really, really hoping that was that was what was going to happen. Oh, and then you really... say they didn't design a new mechanica, and that's already on the pitch. Sorry, what? It's already on the pitch in the law. It's going to be... But well, so... who's think about engineers don't just design mechanica for themselves. Is Rivet part Mechanica? No, not for themselves. Not for themselves. So, there's Mule and the Tank. Mule. But I thought one of them was a repurposed... Did they make Mule for the Miners to seal the deal? In the Miners Guild uh, background, we see the Fisher's Tank being tested, effectively, I think. Mm-hmm. So Nomad helped design no, Fisher's but, but that's tank. not Mechanica. Or, or is it? Sherwin, explain. <laughs> Sherwin, explain. I don't know, I've done my thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 
it's a frustrating bit. I love having you on the cast. And the bit that's frustrating is you tease things, and then I'm not smart enough to figure them out, and then I run in circles for days. Turns out Sugar is a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> so Nomad helped build either me well, or I mean, the if tank. you look at the story, right, he sits there and he comes in, he starts talking to Blister, and, and he sees that Blister is working on something which looks like a really heavy prosthetic <coughs> arm, um, which looks a kind of crude compared to all of the other Mechanica. And then he kind of talks to Blister a little bit and says, and you know, Blister kind of says, well, you know, so what do you think of this? This is the first Mechanica ever made, it's obviously Velocity. Mm-hmm. And Nomad looks at it and goes, yeah, it, it's very nice, and I kind of, yeah, it's kind of okay, I guess, but it also looks real flimsy, and like if something goes wrong, then you know it looks like it's going to be really expensive and awkward to replace and repair. Like, yeah, you know, surely you want this thing to be functional, and surely you think this thing should be workable and should be easy to repair, right? And that's the point where Ballista goes, you know what, my boy, there may be a future for you doing this. Mm. And so they and make me. What happens thematically a little bit left over on down the line is we suddenly have a miners guild appear. So it maybe there was some work on the uh, prosthetics for them. For Mule, maybe that's why. Maybe Shaft's arm. I was thinking all Colossus, who has you know drills and everything, and it's obviously going to have uh, to you change. You should take that Colossus as canon. That's no. just us oh, making okay. a super fun model. You know, Russ said that they weren't canon. That was just fair him. enough. Yeah. So Salvo has two legs. Yeah, Boom. Salvo didn't have the most horrific accident the world's ever known. Um, and he didn't <laughs> yeah, get two balance Balkans. Okay, I like so that. yeah, I do like that. So maybe he helped design the prosthetics for them. Does this mean Ted Rice has never worn a chef's hat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think that should be totally true, right? That's I mean, canon. Let's, let's be let's be serious now for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, anyway, barbecues does, does Minerva, happen in the free cities. Does Minerva have a frisbee or not? Like, no, cast. He's got both. Cast got both frisbees. Yeah. So, no matter your favourite. Oh, well, I'm well. I'm looking forward to those. I, I must say. But can we ask? And I know you aren't going to answer. But we've got to ask. <laughs> the free cities draft was so good. It really was. Are you planning on doing it again? That's a really, really good question. Um, and not one I can answer right now. Yeah. I knew you couldn't, but I had to ask. Because it was so good. And the, I suppose the danger of that is if you do it exactly the same again, then people are like, oh, it's just the same, even though it was great. So you might have to change it. How do you do that? Uh, Free City's mascot draft. Free City's mascot. No, we well. said free, we said we said Free City's Zoo, right, yeah. or something like that. We had this idea. Free City's Zoo. Yeah, the Free City's Pet Shop or something like that, or Free <laughs> City's Free City's Zoo, where they where everyone goes in and grabs guinea pigs and rabbits and shit. Because yeah, the whole point is an extra mascot would mean that there are three team boxes available. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Stoic silence there from showing excellent work. Uh, because well, we're. As long as I can have a penguin in Masons, it's fine. <laughs> you want a penguin in we, we had this idea for penguins. No, yeah. no, I want a peacock, oh, actually. But a peacock? Just... Yeah, peacock Mason. Nice! Awesome. I mean, I don't know if I see that in Masons, because they're boring and peacocks are flashy. Uh, crucially, it's what the players want. And if you're looking at Masons, Masons will pick each one of those mascots equally and then end up with somebody uh, if they follow yeah. their tradition. <laughs> Burr. I'm perfectly happy with Champ. Champ's awesome. Exactly what I want. The only thing I would say about a mascot free seats draft is I'm free a Blacksmith player. Yeah. You, you didn't get to play, you you didn't get get to play in, the, yeah. in the free seats. You don't get to play in the zoo. Oh, yeah. But now don't you get to take over hunters. Yeah. Yeah, there oh, were two. Origi- uh, I'll help you with this. There were originally two mascots in the Blacksmiths Guild, way, way, way back early days. Oh, yeah. really? There's also a samurai. Um, 
Oh, wait, what Barry's just, what really just happened now? What just happened? Barry's got boner. What just happened? <laughs> so if we go way, 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 way back to Blacksmith's time, this is, this is so the original Blacksmiths. Uh, there were two mascots for them. Uh, one was like a warthog, which looked a little bit like Pumba. Uh, uh, that was called Tongs. And the other one was a Komodo dragon that breathed fire. Uh, I wanted a lizard! I said I wanted a lizard! Dad, didn't I say I wanted a lizard? I said I wanted a lizard and I said a dragon! And then someone came up with this bright idea of, oh, how about we did Masters and Apprentices? Oh, and they ruined it! (laughs) Who was that? Was that Matt Hart? No, well, I think it's one of those things where Matt and I sort of sat there and riffed (laughs) a whole bunch of ideas and then, you know, at some point it's very difficult to work out who had that original concept as an idea, but I know that... You know, that conversation happened and we kind of came bounce off that. Cool. So, uh, we can have an yeah, apprentice they... pig. Give us an apprentice so, horse. So, so that, so that oh, no, Master Komodo Dragon. <laughs> Master Dragon. Yes. So the other, um, the, the, the samurai went away because uh, originally actually then ended up becoming, um, really? ended up becoming Furnace. Ah, oh, okay. He has kind of got that vibe to him a bit. If no, you imagine a different skin with the yeah. whole kind of tri- uh, sort of pure pure combat and that sort of stuff, then yeah, that's who he was. Yeah, and uh, the reason that visual went away was basically that samurai didn't have shields, and the whole like the yeah. whole thing early doors of blacksmiths was built around this idea of the big shields for masters. Fair, fair. There's yeah. another alternate um, model in the works. There, alternate um, organized play kit is uh, now. No, hang on. It's furnace in a kimono. <laughs> I don't want furnace in a kimono. <laughs> Technically, you I want furnace dressed as fucking Barney hats. breathing fire. So samurai shields actually were like massive shoulder pads. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, I mean, they literally were like a huge armored shoulder pad. You'd have either side of you. I'm yeah, into yeah. my shoulder pad. I've been banging on about a model with a like one arm armored, like with a shoulder pad, because there was Percival, I think it was in Knights of the Round, an arcade machine from the early nineties. I, I remember this. That was awesome. That was awesome, <laughs> and I want that model. And I, th- I thought um, Blaze could be that model, maybe. Oh, we were really into Blaze, weren't we? But so what I'm hearing is Samurai Minor Guild for blacksmiths. I mean, you're hearing lots of things, now, mostly because you're making them all up. <laughs> Are we going to hear any more about Blaze and Auger? So we almost got Blaze. If Gaffer had gone, so the original idea was, if Gaffer went to blacksmiths, he would become a master, where he'd been appointed by the guild for his football knowledge versus yeah. his actual blacksmithing knowledge, yeah. and then he would be then paired with an apprentice who's pretty much a master about to become. Who then we have a weird inversion of actually we have a master who doesn't really fight very well but has a lot of influence on the pitch, and then you have um, then you have Blaze who's really badass who can go kill anything. And the idea is that's her master. So yeah. he's going to teach her how to play the game, and she's going to teach him how to be a blacksmith. That would have been brilliant. Fuck right, you. that's what Fuck we were doing towards. That would have been brilliant. So instead, we're just going to get a different sort of blaze, I guess, um, if we get blaze. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hope we do. Well, it'd be interesting. I mean, she could be a sort of rookie master, effectively. That'd be kind of fun. So it feels like she's pretty much there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Could she pop up think... in the minor? I don't know how far along you are with your minor blacksmiths and stuff, but could she pop up I don't think she'd in? be a very good fit for the minor, to be honest. Okay. But maybe. Cool, cool. Anyway, it's been lovely having you, uh, having you on my well, show. Well, yeah, and and thanks. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed interviewing you about you know, what you think of the Free Cities Trials, and hopefully you'll come back on again when you know, the more released, <laughs> and we can talk about them a bit then. We'll see if we can uh, find a gap in our schedule. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. yeah. for the second half, we should definitely do a meet-up one. Yeah, yeah one time we would love to come and uh, meet, you up, meet up with you, man, because we're getting okay. that far away, really. 
But thank you so, so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for all of the info and thank you for your time. And I look no forward to seeing it's you awesome soon. It's been, uh, I've had, always had fun with you guys, so it's cool. Oh, cheers, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, cool, man. We've always been good. We will see you soon. Don't know when. Hopefully a tournament or something soon. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cool, Thanks man. A lot. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.